Welcome to the Hog Call Podcast. This is Chad. And this is Tim. Be sure to subscribe to the Hog Call on your favorite podcast directory. iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, whatever you'd like, we're on them all. The Hog Call is only live, real-time, uncut, uncensored, Razorback podcast. Created by fans for fans. Friend us on Facebook at Hog Call Podcast or follow us on Twitter at Hog Call Podcast. Chad runs the Facebook page and Tim runs the Twitter page. Support the Hog Call Podcast by helping us spread the word. Give us a five-star rating and leave a comment, even if it's just Go Hogs. This will go a long way to allow other Razorback fans find the podcast more easily. If you'd like to throw a tip our way, you can support the podcast financially by clicking on the link in the show description. We're counting on fan support. Do you have something Hog Call Nation needs to hear? Leave a voicemail by clicking the link in the description below or send an email to hogcallpodcast.gmail.com. Well, it's good to get that mess out of the way. How's it going, Tim? Not very good, Chad. How are you? I'm not good at all, man. I'll tell you that right now. It, uh, I just want to put a disclaimer out there. There may be some choice words that are thrown around during this podcast. Um, we got some serious stuff to go over, and we're going to really be taking it to the coaching staff. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, we're going to be really... That there's some clips that we're going to be playing. There's some things that we're going to be talking about. and It might not be the best for kids or whatnot. So, you know, if, if we say a couple words that uh, are a little bit harder language than usual, we just want to let you know up front right here at the beginning of the podcast that we're pretty upset and uh, there might be some language used. So get out your earmuffs, put on your headphones, you know, play it while you're taking the kids to school because we're fixing to throw down on this podcast and it, 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 we're we're upset and that's just how it goes. Damn right, Chad. Razorback suffered what could be one of their worst losses of all time in program history. Last year we had our worst season. This year we've had our worst game. Um, you know, definitely top five, top three. And that's where we are. Wasn't any club dub this week, was there? <laughs> Golly, it's ridiculous, man. It really was. And, and I just can't hold back my anger at this point. I'm pissed off, man. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just I'm just raged out. I'm livid. Um, and, and i got a lot of stuff to talk about. I, I know I saw somebody said out there on social media, they were like, oh, you know, I, I've been, you know, talking to players my whole life. It was one of the media members. And and uh, this, that, and other, and you should, you know, if you, if you knew football and you knew players and you knew people that's been on this staff and so on and so forth, and you know they would tell you that you, you're just gonna have to give them time and this, that, and other, and I think that's BS. I've been on this staff uh, at the University of Arkansas. Uh, I was there, you know. I my friends who are players, I've talked to. And there isn't anybody that feels that way. And the other the other suggestion was, oh, go out there and look at uh, the the other teams, talk to the other uh, conferences, and see you know other SEC teams fans, and and they'll tell you, you know, you just need to bide your time and wait right now. And uh, I got a I got a 
University of Who the hell of are South. we asking, Chad? Who, yeah, who what other team are we asking? <laughs> not even Vanderbilt. Is. I don't even Vanderbilt. I don't. I mean, I mean, yeah. Who who are they wanting us to maybe. ask? So Nothing I got a like buddy. This. I got a buddy of mine that I work with who is a uh, tight end over at the University of South Florida. He comes up to work to me and says, "Hey, you guys going to fire Morris?" Like that's his first comment on Monday. So that's what the other fan bases <laughs> think. And it's not funny, guys. It's not funny. It's not okay that University of South Florida is is making fun of us. It's just not. I mean, this is a team that we beat years ago just the dog shit out of. It is not okay that we're in this situation right now. But we'll get in all that. Let's go ahead and let's uh, play some of our fan mail and see what they got to say. Maybe they'll they'll be a little bit more happy than we are. Hey guys, this is Matt. Uh, some of you listeners might know me from when I came on to talk about hockey, but today I just want to say I'm super disappointed in the Razorback football program. Um, and I'm afraid that we're not going to make the changes we need to make. I think Chad Morris is going to be here for probably another year or two. Um, I don't think that's the right direction to take, but I think that's the direction we're headed. Um, for some reason, he still has a lot of fan support, even after this horrendous loss, which a lot of people are saying is one of the worst that we've ever experienced as a program. And I have to say, I agree with that sentiment. Um, this seems to be the worst in a long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hate firing a guy less than two years in, but he ain't getting it done. And, uh, I don't see how he's still got as much support as he does. All right. I appreciate it. I'll be on to call again about uh, some hockey and actually get some real FaceTime with you guys till then. Woo pig. Well, I can't say that I blame Matt at all. I'll guarantee you that. Hey, Matt, yeah, we need to fire some people. I guarantee it 100%. Yeah, it's time to let some folks go. This is ridiculous at this point. Um, it's not like we didn't struggle through this last year, and we know what the rest of this year is probably going to look like at this point. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, we already went through this last year. Not again. Not again. Last year, it wasn't year zero. It was year one. And so it's not year one this year, and it's damn it's year two, and we we're terrible. This is awful. Uh, Matt says it, but somebody needs to go. I was very surprised Sunday morning. You know, offense coordinator, defense coordinator, somebody wasn't let go. Head coach, anything. You know, we'll no find out though. We'll no put, improvement. Yeah, we'll find out. No improvement whatsoever. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. I guess some people just aren't as bothered by the the loss like as I we thought- are as fans. I thought it was going to be improvement, but I don't know why. I mean, it does look almost exactly like last year, except for maybe we haven't flipped quarterbacks in and out as much this year as we did at the beginning of last year. But it's almost shaken up exactly like last year. And whenever it's a situation like this and it's it's becoming something that you've seen over and over again and you know this is the trend, it's a trend at this point, that's where it's an issue. It was like with Belma. There was a trend there. And everybody just wanted to stick their head in the sand and pretend like there wasn't a trend there. Yeah, the trend is not good. I mean, I'm not even sure. I, I don't know how many more games we're going to win. I don't know how the SEC, if we lose to San Jose State, struggle with Portland State, get whipped by Ole Miss. Uh, how many more wins there are on the schedule? If we're faced with another 2-10 season, after the year, 
I mean, is anything going to happen? Is anything going to happen? Or are we going to keep doing this and hope for a four and four and eight season next year? I don't know. All right, Matt. Well, thank you for calling in. We really appreciate it. And as always, you know, we're excited to hear you come on and, and give us your talk about hockey whenever you get a chance. So we're looking forward to that. So, you know, I, I know you're going to be doing that soon. And, and I know you're watching all the hockey games and that's your first love. But I mean, it sure is good to hear you call in and, and, and just let us know that you are worried about the state of the football program, too, because, you know, I think that's what we all grew up on here in, in Arkansas. And it's everybody's like, you know, passion at the University of Arkansas, whether you're a basketball fan or, uh, or a baseball fan or a hockey fan, football is, is the heart of everything. Yeah, it's very rare. Very rare. You talk to a Razorback fan that says one of the other sports is their favorite. You know what I mean? Exactly. Or just in that, they're just always just in general probably played a certain sport like baseball their whole lives or something like that. But the majority, 99% of Hog fans are Football is top dog. That's what we have a passion about. That's what people that are Razorback fans that live in the state, live out of state, can can unite on and talk about it at all times, no matter what's going on in the world. And the main thing is fall. You know when fall's coming. It's the best time of year, mainly, for a lot of reasons, but mainly because of Razorback football. But when we're 2-10, and 10, it sure doesn't feel like it. That's, no. a, that's a great call, Matt. I appreciate you calling. Looking forward to hockey. Yep, so uh, we got another call, so let's take a listen to that, and uh, we'll be right back. This is Derek from Colorado. We just got our asses stomped by San Jose State. Let that sink in for a moment. I'll tell you this much, we're a far more talented team than San Jose. We got out coached from start to finish, and this team got caught looking ahead to A&M, no doubt about it. It's Coach Morris and the rest of the staff's responsibility to make sure this team is focused and prepared. And they fell miserably. Don't even get me started on Coach Craddock. When asked about the O-line's poor performance, his response was, quote, I think this is something to ask them. What the hell kind of response is that? Are you serious? I'm pissed. Go Hogs. Well, I'm pissed off too, Derek. You know, I agree with you 100%. I think that uh, our coaching staff draft dropped the ball. And I, it wasn't just Craddock. I mean, we're fixing to play some clips for you. And, uh, golly, the stuff that I've been hearing is just ridiculous. And it's, it, it's, it's sad. And it, it goes all the way up to the athletic director level. We're not talking about just the head coach. We're not talking about just offensive coordinators. We're talking all the way up to the athletic director and just being okay with mediocrity and like this is who we are and we just got to deal with it and blah, blah, blah. Well, bullshit. This isn't the University of Arkansas that I know. This isn't the 1901 National Championship. This isn't the 1964 National Championship, Arkansas. This isn't the 1977 National Championship, Arkansas. This isn't the Lou Holtz, Arkansas, that was competing all the time for championships and, and conference championships. This isn't the Houston Nut. Arkansas that was competing for championships. This isn't the Bobby Petrino, 
Arkansas, who only lost to the national championship teams one year and played in the Sugar Bowl, went to the you know Cotton Bowl and just blew them out of the water the last year as a as a BCS uh, bowl. This is not the University of Arkansas that I grew up with. This is not our football program. And this mediocrity is not okay. And the outsiders coming in and saying that it is okay is just clear that they don't have a firm understanding of what our history is here at the University of Arkansas. This is a football program that we should be proud of as fans. And right now, I can't say that I'm proud of it. I can't either, Chad. This is embarrassing. It's just downright embarrassing, no matter where you come from. And you got, like you said, outsiders that have no idea what it's like to be a Razorback fan or know the Razorbacks or understand how how important it is to a lot of folks. And, yeah, head coach, athletic director, offensive coordinator, we've been too easy on Chavis, the whole, every, mm-hmm. the whole staff. Yeah, yeah, we um, have. Um, does not understand something's going on. We've just, I mean, we got beat pretty good to San Jose State. The program is struggling, and I've never seen so many fans, um, uh, along with Matt and Derek, that are just really unhappy. You know, a lot of a lot of fans have had patience through this first year and a half. A lot of fans have tread through patience for the last seven, eight seasons. It's not fun. Mm-mm. It's not. It's not good. It's not positive it's just uh it's just a decade it's a decade of five of bad football we've never seen it before never never seen that before and even with brett bellema it has it wasn't this bad wasn't as bad as it is right now two wins you know even i mean that's what we're looking at a two or three win season right now i can't believe we're saying this but even bellema his second year was they went seven and six, and at least won a couple SEC games and whipped uh, Texas. No matter how bad they were, he 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 stomped Texas. And then at least the next year, he won five SEC games in his uh, and won nine games. I mean, and that was and we were talking last year with Chad Morris era how bad that era, how mediocre that era was. We're talking about Morris in his second year. He's not going to get to seven and six. My God. And anybody that wants to blame us, the fans, right now and say, hey, it's not okay for you guys to be talking like this. It's not okay for you guys to be negative. This is going to hurt recruiting. You know what? That's not what hurts recruiting. Losing is what hurts recruiting and not winning and not having an athletic director that holds the coach to a high standard and forces that coach to have a winning program. That's what hurts recruiting. Period. Yeah, it's not going to be the fans. It's going to be the it's going to be the back to back two and ten seasons. I just don't know if we'll have another number twelfth ranked in the SEC class. You know, I don't know twenty top twenty five class, but uh, you know, I mean, turn hey, around the, quickly. The recruiting class that he pulled in wasn't that great. It was last in the SEC. All right, that's not that great. We we historically we do better than last in the SEC as far as our recruiting class goes. So everybody that says it was the greatest recruiting class ever, I, I just can't be on that boat with you guys anymore. It wasn't. I've been trying to say this in the last couple of episodes of the podcast and being real nice about it and alluding to it and all this, and I'm just tired of that. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. It's not that great of a recruiting class. 
We got coaches that are on social media all the time, all over Twitter, all over Facebook, putting out all these, you know, oh, look who we got, look at this four-star player, look at this guy, blah, blah, blah. That's why you think it's a great recruiting class, because they've hyped it up and they sold it to you, not because it's an actually great recruiting class. Look, and it's not, it wasn't top five. You know, you give me a top three class or something, top 10 class and it really could change the difference but uh or on that's the that's the hope that's the only hope we have so far is the number 25 24th ranked recruiting class well it's time we win some games there's no reason i'm not asking to be win 11 games this year i'm not i wasn't asking for that last year i wasn't asking for that i just want just get me competitive show you care show you can compete i mean so you can coach the team to a victory or two, or I mean, he, he can't coach us to a victory or two, but more than a victory or two. Exactly. All right. Well, let's 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 uh, take a moment for our sponsor here, and then we will uh, we'll come back. We're going to read uh, uh, or take a look at one of the uh, messages that was dropped off to us on Facebook by a fan, and we're going to uh, discuss that real quick, and uh, then we'll get into the meat and bones of this thing. Okay. Back to the Hall Call Podcast. All right, excellent. So we got uh, quite a lengthy message from J.M. Uh, McCoy here on uh, Facebook. And, and thank you for writing back in again, J.M. It's always a pleasure to, to read what you have to say because you definitely have a different opinion than we have. And and uh, we always try to value all of the opinions. First off, I just want to say absolutely, I can agree that the last great coach we had here at the University of Arkansas was Coach Nutt. I'm not going to go through and read it just because it's a little long. And feel free, JM, to call in next time and leave a voice message. And we can play that and, and we can get your voice inflection and everything. And just get exactly how you feel uh uh, on there, so I'm just going to go through and just look at a, just just make a couple cu- couple points here. JM says he he doesn't agree uh, that uh, Coach Morris has, has done anything wrong. Really thinks that uh, Coach Morris is a great coach. Uh, says that uh, you know the things that Coach Morris did obviously work because Starkle wouldn't be as far along as he is now, and we wouldn't have seen uh, what we saw in the uh, Colorado State game if. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't this as far along. And, you know, obviously we've had another game since then. And, you know, I got to say that it doesn't look like he's as far along as maybe we thought he was uh, or maybe he fell off or, or whatnot. Or, or maybe it's just all on the players. I mean, you either got to put it on the coach or the players, I guess. And so maybe you're saying the players just didn't play and, and do what they were supposed to. But, again, you had said previously in another uh letter that you had written that you know the coaches needed to make sure that 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 culture was changed and it looks like the culture wasn't changed because we we came out and and just lost the game to san jose state it got beat from beginning to end and uh even the coaches said it was horrible coaching but you know if 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 you like their coaching that's that's fine uh you know uh i guess i guess i can go along with that i'm, I'm trying not to be too uh harsh here or whatnot and i'm trying to just kind of you know let you know uh kind of what i think about a couple of these things that you said here uh you you said you thought that 
you know, Petrino didn't do so good that uh, Coach Horton held together the, the, the recruiting class. And I would say, you know, Coach Horton was a great coach, great running back coach, great recruiter, especially in Arkansas. A uh, great asset to have there. But uh, Petrino did bring in a, a quite a few recruits, and uh, his recruits did did play well and uh, went on to uh, a lot of them go to the NFL and so on and so forth. So I wouldn't say that he was horrible at recruiting. I, I do understand what you're saying. He went over to uh, Western Kentucky and then went to Louisville, and he had a really horrible time over at Louisville because he can't recruit now at all because it's hard to recruit after you have an incident like that. And, and people don't want to, you know, parents are going to say, yeah, you don't want to go over there and play, you know, for this coach and so on and so forth. But he did you know, have Heisman candidates over there at that, that school and at, uh, at, uh, at, at Louisville. So, you know, I, I, to say that, you know, he, he's just horrible. I think that's a little bit disingenuous, but, uh, yeah, uh, he did have a hard time recruiting the second time around after, after, you know, doing things he did. And I think that reflects back on some, some of my issues that, maybe people have with his integrity and so forth. And that's why his recruiting dropped off so much. Uh, prior to that, you know, he was in the NFL and, and I can't blame him for leaving the NFL, you know, thinking he's going to have one of the best quarterbacks there is trying to coach that quarterback up. And, uh, then you find out that quarterback is not going to be, uh, there for you because they were fighting dogs and, and so on and so forth. And, so you get an opportunity to, you know, go back to the college ranks and, and be where you really want to be. And then you go back and do that. So it just can't say about blaming him there. Uh, so I don't think he was a horrible coach. I did think he made a horrible mistake. I think it ruined his uh, coaching career. And I think that uh, that horrible mistake really hurt Arkansas really, really bad. And I don't think that there's that anybody should be okay with that in any way at all. But uh, at the same time, I, you know, he, he, he is not the downfall of the University of Arkansas. That, that's all I'm trying to say there. Uh, so, you know, uh, I guess uh, saying that fans are delusional for expecting eight wins, I guess you got a point there, yeah. Uh, it looks like uh, we, we, we pretty much are. Uh, we're definitely not going to get that, especially after we saw this this big loss and uh it's not because we don't have the talent i know you you think it's uh because we don't have the talent or they ain't coached up or hadn't had time to coach them up or whatnot but i would say that uh it's because our coaching staff is not doing what they need to do to foster the talent that we have and build them up and make them better than they are look we're the university of arkansas we're never going to have five-star recruits at the University of Arkansas. We're going to have four stars and three stars, and we're going to have to coach those four and three stars up and make them better recruits so that we can compete in the SEC. And I don't see that being done right now. Uh, I know this is only Morris' second year and so on and so forth, and, and uh, you know, he's taking a bunch of players and he's changing the scheme and he's doing all this stuff. But, heck, he's a high school coach, and that's supposed to be one of his uh, fortes is that he's not going to just come in and, and uh, force the players into a box and, and make them run his style of ball. He, he could uh, develop something around the players that we have and be successful coming in. And I think that's one of the reasons that he was hired, uh, whether people want to say that or not. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, he's definitely not doing it. it. So I just can't agree with you on that point there. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, the Colorado State game was a pretty good game. Uh, you know, we uh, we we got lucky and won that one. It looks like uh, we only won it by three touchdowns, so it wasn't like a major win or, or something like that. And I know I was pretty excited after the win. I thought we were moving in the right direction. Then we come out and we we had this loss to San Jose State, and it just showed us how far back we really are and how inconsistent we really are. And I think that's really what I take away from it more than anything. And that inconsistency falls square on the shoulders of the coach. And and, and I just don't think I can change my mind about that. Uh, I feel like that's, that's just where we are right now. But I appreciate you writing in, JM, and I'm going to go ahead and let uh, let Tim address it. Okay, a couple things. Uh, first, thank you, JM, for writing in, and uh, obviously, thank you for listening because uh, I know you're uh, you listen to the podcast, obviously, and responded to that. Um, obviously, I feel bad because this was right after the Colorado State win. I would have liked to see maybe some comments what you thought after San Jose State, because now I'm going to address that. And we, you know, we talk about recruiting classes. Well, we just got beat by a team at home, San Jose State, who's had their highest in the last couple of years recruiting classes in the nineties national out of a hundred, hundred, what 1,520 teams. Um, you say we had a UCA roster last year there. We have a better roster than that. I mean, there's no, I mean, well also even that, um, UCA would have probably beat San Jose state. Um, it's, it, it comes down to turning these guys. I mean, if, if the coaching in very good, we're just going to say, Hey, the players aren't good enough. We're not talking about winning a championship realistically, okay? I just don't want to we, – we shouldn't be getting beat to San, by San Jose State. We shouldn't be give, in year two giving up 34 points or to Colorado State. Um, yeah, we were excited about that game, a little bit too excited, but it wasn't worthy of um, Club Dub or any big, you know, wanting to get ranked or anything or uh, bring on Bamman or anything after that. Um that's kind of that's kind of a lot to unpack on there, um, mm-hmm. but I think Chad, you kind of said said it best. But uh, I did agree. Mike Leach would have been. Uh, Jam says his pick would have been Mike Mike Leach. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, me too. I agree with that hundred percent. I agree with a lot of things Jm says. I really do. There's just uh, you know I don't know. I feel like we have a lot of of opinions that are like you know that I just totally agree with. And then there's For a sure. lot of things I'm just like, do you really believe that JM? You know, but I mean, nothing wrong. Obviously it's, I mean, he's a hopeful hog fan. Yeah. Um, nothing wrong with right that. now. I, I, I want, I want to be that JM. I usually am. I mean, besides this kind of always think, and just, I'm just not going into these games. Think we're going to, um, win no matter who we play. I mean, besides I thought, assume we'd beat San Jose state. But it's nice to be hopeful. I just want to be shown something. But if we do win Saturday, hey, you know, I'm showing something. But we have not shown anything. We went backwards. We haven't taken any steps forward because we haven't beaten a Power 5 school. We're not even gotten close. And we're, so we're taking steps back. Um, there's still time. Uh, but you say a lot of good things, James. I, I appreciate the comments. We're, we're all – we're all obviously, no matter what Hog fan sees it like that or sees it like us or sees it in between or um, – Whoever you are as a hog fan, I mean, we all want some wins. It's not going to get. It's not going to get. Trust me, it's not going to get. Uh, patience is not going to increase as the season goes along if we don't start winning some ball games. If we end up two and ten, exactly. I think a lot of fans. I think a lot of fans will. 
but it's kind of seeing you're seeing it down the tunnel of another two and ten season. That just that was I mean that was a um, you know there were signs against Portland State only winning by seven, getting beat by a couple touchdowns against Ole Miss, just looking apath- just looking terrible. Um, Colorado State, I mean they still jumped out. I mean everybody's jumped out on a lead on us. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not an aggressive team. I know we'll get to that uh, uh, quote uh, by Morris. I'll bring that up later about the uh, deferring every time on that. But, uh, yeah, got to see some wins. Yeah. I, I think, J.M., what I'd really like to know is, is and then, and, and I just I just want to know your opinion on this, honestly. Uh, so if you listen to this again this week and, and uh, you, you leave us a comment, I'd really like you to address this, is how much is too much? Like, where do you draw the line? I mean, I understand. You're not ready to draw a line. You're saying we got to give them time. We gotta, we gotta let this progress. When we did that with Bellama, and we put ourselves in the situation we're in now, so tell us, JM, like, where, where do you draw the line? Where does, where does this subset of the fan base draw the line? And uh, as always, though, thank you for listening to the uh, the hog call. We really appreciate it. We value you. We value your opinion. And, uh, you know, we just try to, we just try to give you some food for thought. How many losses are it going to take? How many years of this take for the over hopeful right now, still clinging to the hope that Chad Morris is the guy mm-hmm. that he kind of sold us the, the bill of goods. He sold us when he was hired or sold, uh, um, the administration who was in charge, um, and the administration now, what kind of bill of goods he sold them. Uh, still hopeful that rings true, but we'll see. We will see. All right. Well, I think we can move on from that, Tim. If you're ready. Yep. Let's do it. We got we got some things to listen to. <laughs> we, we got some stuff to talk about. So the first thing we're gonna uh, do is, is is we're gonna take a listen to some of the stuff that the staff has said themselves, and and the first thing that was after the Colorado State game. They did a uh, breakdown on ESPN, and, and they did the film room, and, and there were some things that the coaches said that I immediately said, hey, there's some issues here, and and what Coach is saying right now is, is concerning, and I want to play this for the fans. And we had planned on, on playing this, whether we got the win at san jose or not we thought well we're gonna have three or four of these to play and it turns out we got a whole lot more uh for you guys but we're gonna start off with that and and right now we're talking about the colorado state game and uh coaches he's breaking it down in the film room on espn and and uh here he is talking about how he didn't know uh what the play was on on the field we got a run call this this is a nothing but a run that we called and got a little flash motion coming across. And you can see Nick early on. He recognizes it's man coverage out on the edge. He gives – there's only two guys on this field that know it's a pass. And he ain't the head coach. There's only two guys on this field that know it's a pass and it ain't the head coach. Well, what do you think about that, Tim? Yeah, I'm surprised to hear that. that he didn't know. He didn't know what's going on on the field. Like he he it's he, it's your playbook it's your plays you should know that you know there's going to be a check down because of what the defensive backs do and they're going to go to a pass even though it was a run play 
You should know those things. Your mind should work like that with your quarterback. You should know your quarterback's going to check out to that pass play because of what happened in the backfield. Period. So you're not in sync with your own quarterback, and that's a coaching issue right there. Well, we saw that uh, come into come into play big time in San Jose, and then we got five interceptions to our name uh, mm-hmm. Saturday night against San Jose. So um, I doubt they, I doubt he knew what was going on there either. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so the next thing we got, we got another, we got another clip here, and this is uh, Coach Morris talking about that you know Nick knowing the best play to run. It, uh, you know, I, it should be the offensive coordinator should know these things, not, you know, your quarterback out there on the field. But let's take a listen to this. Nick was actually asking for this um, on the sidelines. He goes, you know, Coach, we're getting some speed motion. They're going to they're gonna try to trap the corner. Okay, so Nick was asking for the play. He wanted this play to, to go in, they're saying. And, and uh, you know, I... I understand what he's saying there, but at the same time, you know, you, you should be pointing these things out. Your quarterback shouldn't be pointing them out to you, you know. Uh, that That's, there's not, there's not many coaches in the SEC where the quarterback's coming over and saying, hey, this is the play we need to be running, coach. Take a look at this and breaking it down for the coach right there on the sideline. Generally, it's the other way around. Yeah, you don't see that unless you're in the NFL. And an elite quarterback like a Aaron Rodgers has kind of been here lately. It's like he wants to run his own, you know. That's like, oh, wow, can you, you know, believe that? You know, quarterback wanting to kind of make those kind of decisions, that many decisions and have control. That's, if anything, that's one of the best quarterbacks in the world mm-hmm. um, in the NFL, um, not a, a, a quarterback that's only been in the system for a couple months um, of practice. So that's, yeah. Yeah, and I understand. I understand. Maybe they see something. Maybe they make a suggestion. Maybe you right. go out there, you do that, so on and so forth. And and maybe Nick Starkle does have that command of the game. But wasn't that the complaint about Nick Starkle? Was that he didn't have that command of the game, and that's why we couldn't start him in the first few games? Yeah, it seems to be a contradiction there. Yeah, that's just poor coaching. So, uh, now we got another clip here, and this one is just, this one is weird to me. This is where Coach actually takes credit away from the offensive line for opening up a massive hole for a running back to run in for a touchdown, for Boyd running for a touchdown, and uh, it basically says it's all because of the the passing and Starkle and, and his awesome passing scheme that he's put in. So let's take a listen to that. We got hats for hats, and, and that's what you want. I mean, that's, that's more a credit to Nick and our ability to throw the football as it is to, the, to you know, hatting everybody up. Sure. I mean, that, that made the O-line's job real easy. That made the O-line's job real easy. Do you think that might be one of the reasons the O-line didn't come out last week and, you know, play a little bit harder? Maybe that's because their head coach is on national TV saying that, you know, it's more of a credit to the quarterback that the big, giant, gaping holes are getting opened up for the running back. Yeah, it wasn't because they opened them up. 
Well, yes, he says, you know, puts a, put a hat on a hat and knocked it back. He's like, no, that's because passing. That's because the passing, my passing system that's opening those runs up. Well, where'd they go this week, Chad? <laughs> oh, man, that's great. So here we go. We're going to go to another one. And here he's going to tell C.J. O'Grady to give up on the play and just go down and, uh, and don't fight. C.J. O'Grady gets a Datwood Award as well because he just never gave up. I'm sitting there going, get down, get down, get down, get down, get down. Why are you yelling for him to get down? He's moving the pile forward the whole time. He's, never he's moving any the pile signs. forward. He never shows any signs of going down. I guess you think he's going to get the ball stripped, and you're worried like, oh, okay, well, we don't want the ball stripped, so you need to go down. But in that situation that he was in, he's moving everybody forward. He doesn't look like he's going to get the ball stripped. He's got a, a good command of the ball. He's got it covered up well. He's he's it's it's not you don't even have guys reaching in and, and trying to and trying to get that strip. And uh, and he's he's moving forward the whole time. You don't tell somebody that's moving forward to go down and give up. That's horrible coaching. That's horrible coaching right there. You go and try to get that touchdown. If you're a tight end or you're running back, that's your job. You have you practice every week. People trying to strip the ball out of your hands as you run through. Uh, a line of guys. That's one of the. That's one of the drills that's common to run. So that if you get in that situation, you don't just go down. You can fight through it and make a touchdown. It's a, it's it's actually practiced. He had the ball in both arms. He had it well, and he was always going for it. He was never like oh, about to go. He was moving them and throwing them off. They weren't all on him at the same time as. You know, a line coming here, a line of tacklers coming here, a line of tacklers trying to go there. What is what is he talking about? You only hear that stuff like, okay, you got an interception on the uh, last play of the, or last thing of the game. We're up with like 30 seconds left. I would just need to kneel the ball, just get down. Get down after your interception because we got the ball and we're going to kneel it. You know, not trying to when we're down, when we're down at that point or tied. And O'Grady is obviously pushing and pushing to try to get more. And he wants him to go down. That was uh, that's the first time I've heard that clip. I wish I could never hear that clip again. I wish he never said it. Well, yeah, and this he's on national TV saying these things. You know, yep. I mean, this should be concerning to everybody at the University of Arkansas, the whole fan base, everybody. Hopefully, Yurchak watched it. It should be concerning. All right, so let's listen to the players talk about Club Dub. I do got to say one thing. They were excited about it. It, it, It's very exciting, and and it pumped the players up, and and they thought it was a really cool thing. And and let's take a listen to that real quick. You see you walk around the corner with one of our assistants, and he's fully (laughs) dressed in a suit, opened up at the top, sunglasses on. Oh, yeah. He's got a list. And your name has to be on the list to get into Club Dub. <laughs> so the jersey's not enough? Jersey's not enough. You got to be on that list. Yep. And so luckily our names were on the list. And so we That's make it into Club Dub. There's lights. There's confetti. There's music. And it's just, it's a big club in there. It's a big club in there. Everybody's happy and partying and excited. It's like we won the Super Bowl. 
won the biggest game of the University of Arkansas's career because we beat Colorado State, a non-conference team. Not business as usual. Not we did what we were supposed to do. But we're going to Club Dub. And I said this last week. I said it last week that I thought it was an issue. And it dang sure seemed to turn out to be an issue. At least according to Coach Morris. And this again is bad coaching. If you're setting up you know, these clubs for your players to go in and party and, and have fun and be super excited after every single win, to me, that's a problem. To me, some of these wins, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go out there and win these games. They're not supposed to be games that you celebrate to the nth degree because you won a non-conference game when you're in SEC school. Yeah, this this wasn't the first SEC then they dub or whatever. You know, but they just made it like this was the championship. This is the national championship they had just won. Why well, was if it wasn't open for Portland State, it shouldn't have been open for Colorado State. Mm-hmm. Um it's Morris's fault they lost that game at Colorado State. Um he shouldn't be in there. Um acting like yeah, he's the hero. Yeah. It was, it's your fault we, we had that made that game such a big game. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought that was a little bit much for, um, and also if he knew it, well, the next day, if you're using this scheme, you know, this, uh, 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 kind of ploy entertainment type situation to celebrate a win, well, you should also the next day have a, make a big thing about showing it's closed until further notice, you know, closed until make sure it's like, hey, that's it. You know, oh, well, that was, ain't no more fun until, until we win a, another game. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure, it was just. There. How about getting to work? How about that? How about working <laughs> and working and working and working until we win some SEC games, and then let's let's have a party. You know, I mean, yeah. I think I'd be okay with it if we beat Texas A and M, and we went and we had a big party, or Alabama for sure. We or went and had a big sure, party, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yep. a big win like that, yeah. Okay, I can be on board with it. You know? I don't I don't, I don't. don't think I'd be on board with it for Ole Miss. No. <laughs> oh, no. Hopefully they were. Yes. Up club dub. But I wish we would have found out, but we didn't. Exactly. All right, so let's listen to Morris talk about club dub real quick and it, uh, see see how he enjoyed it. See if he enjoyed it as much as the players. So, man, hey, let's go to Club Dub. And uh, so our locker room turns into a nightclub, Club Dub. And uh, you get that dub, and lights go down, and strobe lights come on, and there's water being thrown, there's guys dancing all over, and, and you know, people got their cell phones out. And, man, I, I, I broke it all out. The floss, the, the whole whatever you want to call all that, the, the arm shakes, the starting a motorcycle. It was, this is who we are. This is who we are. That's such a high school coach, Arkansas. man. He sounds just like a, like, I, yeah, I can see why he was a good high school coach. But, I bet he wasn't doing SEC that at high coach. school. I bet he didn't have his high schools going to club dub and dancing and partying. I can guarantee you he didn't do that. Wow. That's ridiculous. Who we are, man. 
It's who, who we, we are. are. We're all about it's... having fun at the University of Arkansas. Not about getting out there and working hard and winning games. It's about having fun, having a good old time. You hear a lot of the the good coaches when they win, even conference winners. Like, well, we got, you know, that's why the greatest coaches, you know, are always worried about the next thing. You know, that's why you never Belichick and Saban always worried about the next game. Even after that, man, they, I bet they've never had a club dub. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, let's think about it. Let's think how many coaches have we? Great coaches have we? You know, seen in in a club dub type situation. Uh, did we see Urban Meyer doing that? No. Nick Saban doing that? No. Mike Leach? No. Like, who do we see doing these things? Right? Like, who are these? Who are these? Where's this coming from? I mean, Dabo. I guess Dabo. He he has these parties and stuff in his in his locker room whenever they get wins. But it's after like big wins. I've never seen Dabo doing it because they beat Colorado State. Yeah, I, I didn't see him doing it this weekend when they beat or somebody like that. I mean, come on. Yeah, this is adds to the embarrassment. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, well. Let's uh, let's take a moment, and uh, we'll be right back. Back to the Hog Call Podcast. All right, Tim. So we're back, and and uh, yeah, we got some more here uh, of uh, uh, clips, and and this goes to the clips that were uh the things that were said after the the san jose state game it uh so so i think the first thing that we want to go into is is uh more saying the team was a little bit too loose we just heard club dub and we just heard all about that and so if the team is too loose obviously obviously that's the reason do you agree tim oh it's gotta be all right so let's let's <laughs> let's listen more talk about this well, I, you know what? I, I, um, I, I was a little concerned in pregame warm-up, to be honest with you. I thought we were a little too loose. I thought it was a little too giddy. And, and, I, and I made made comment of that. And, uh, you know, we, we, we're not good enough. We're not good enough to be able to come out and just walk out on the field with a Razorback logo on your helmet and expect you're going to win. you got to show up and play. And we didn't show up and play. And no phase of it. We punted the ball halfway decent tonight. So we're not good enough to just come out and win because we got a Razorback logo to our helmet. We punted the ball pretty good. The players were were just too loose, just just uh, just wasn't ready to play. He said he, you know, I guess I think he, I heard somewhere he said he tried to address that uh, with the players or whatnot. But golly, that's your job. I mean, that is your job is to make sure that that type of thing doesn't happen that's that's one of the major job responsibilities of a head coach and uh you just didn't do it yeah it is how how come he didn't stop it then how come he didn't stop it and no that's that's not what we are in the race back gear you know yeah and uh, my favorite part of it, it'll go down in Chad Moore's sketch comedy lore forever. 
We punted halfway decent. I mean, you can't make that shit up. <laughs> we punted halfway decent. That's <laughs> just it's just all of a sudden at the end. Well, we punted halfway decent. Yeah, there's that. Right. Well, I even like we did really well punting tonight. We punted halfway decent. I just like yeah. Lacey admits how bad. Lacey knows how bad they were. Lacey was like Santos. Like they they they'll be competing in the playoffs later this year. He must be listening to the podcast because we've been talking about the punt and looking halfway decent. Remember that? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's more saying that he was just totally out coached and uh, admitting he's not a good coach. Here we go. And Coach Brennan, uh, his guys outplayed us. They outcoached us. And it was very, uh, very disappointed in the effort that we got tonight. Uh, for three quarters, you were, they were the SEC football team. They took it to us, and from the very first play, we had they had us on our heels. Very disappointing, extremely disappointing. Uh, we had great fight to come back and tie the game, and then we let them go down the field and score on us. Um, again, we couldn't we couldn't hold any momentum. But credit those guys. Um, everyone's going to be held accountable from me down. Um, I'm going to hold every coach. I'm going to hold every player. Every staff member is going to be held accountable. Totally unacceptable. Um, we're going to get back in here tomorrow. We'll figure it out. And th- this, this, this performance is, is completely unacceptable. You get what you deserve in life. We didn't deserve to win this football game. Anytime you have five turnovers and you, and, and you allow a guy to throw for over 400 yards on you uh, and go down the field on you like nothing, um, missed tackles, unacceptable, completely unacceptable. And, um, you know, I have an opportunity to, to capture some momentum at home. And you and, and you know you, you got fourth down, fourth and short, and on a couple occasions, and we can't convert fourth and short, so unacceptable, and um, just very disappointed. Um, they outplayed us, and we'll give those guys credit. And uh, but uh, this is uh, this will be a defining moment for this football team this week, and, um, and and moving forward. So with that, I'll open up for questions. They were the SEC football team. No. They were not the SEC football team. They came out and beat up an SEC football team, but they were not the SEC football team. Well, he's I, right about one thing. Oh, sorry, yeah, Chad. No, he's ahead. right about one thing, and he's several times it's unacceptable. Hell yeah, it's unacceptable. Of course. How's he holding everybody accountable? What's he doing? Is he taking lunch money away? You know? What, 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 what are you doing to hold somebody accountable? Did you demote somebody? You know, did you fire somebody? Would you give them a good tongue lashing after the game? Like, what does that mean? I'm going to hold them accountable. I'm holding myself accountable. No, it doesn't work that way. You don't hold yourself accountable at work. Somebody else holds you accountable. Unless you're the CEO of the organization, you don't hold yourself accountable. That is Hunter Yurichek's job. He should be holding you accountable. And apparently... That's not happening either, but we'll get in that in a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's doing it either. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see if you're holding anybody accountable, Coach Morris. He can say it behind closed doors all he wants. I haven't heard anything. I mean, he, he barely does take blame for it. He usually calls out his players. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see who if you're holding anybody accountable, Coach. 
Yeah, let's see. Let's see who's accountable. I mean, I'll give them this. The coaching staff came out and tried to take it on the chin and say, hey, you know, this is our fault, so on and so on and so forth. And this is the first time I've seen the coaching staff do that. But they didn't even do that very well. I mean, you can go back to, uh, was it uh, uh, Derek? And whenever he said, oh, what was that about, you know, go ask the players what Craddock said. You know, that's putting it off on the players, you know. So even though that he took accountability and responsibility in the next breath, he put it off on the players because that seems to be the mode of operation for this coaching staff. Yeah, I took that. That's kind of a good point going back to Derek's uh, when he was uh, quoting Craddock uh, from his Monday press conference. He either didn't know what the hell was going on or he's putting on the players that it was their effort. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So either, I mean, come out and say it. I don't know what's going on. I'm overmatched. I'm not ready for this SEC job. Or then calling out the offensive line's effort. What the hell was it from one game to next? Whose responsibility is that to keep them, keep them in that? Keep them in that rhythm? Mm-hmm. Keep them looking like they did, grading out, even nationally, on pro football focus and all these analytical uh analytical data how good they were doing what happened from week to week whose responsibility is it exactly guys are still in this young offensive line still 19 20 years old a lot of them well it's up to you coach you're the adult we need a mike gundy i'm 40 press conference from coach morris to fire somebody up Mm -hmm. so here's one thing that we have been complaining about on this podcast since coach morris has taken the job and, well, two things, I think, actually. One is, we don't know what the heck this offense is. We don't know what our identity is. We're supposed to know our identity. We had this issue with Bellama, not knowing what the identity of our football program is. And then Coach Moore said he's going to come in, he's going to hammer down, he's going to be aggressive, and he hasn't been until this game. And in this game, now he says they're an aggressive team. This is how... They're going to be doing play calling. And here he is saying this. Go for it on fourth down, which is that's who we are. We're going to be aggressive. That's who we are. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to go for it on fourth down. Uh, no, not historically. That's not who we've been. So we that, now you're confusing us. You're confusing other fans. You're confusing the players. We don't know who we are. And should we be going for it on fourth down? When we're in situations where we can kick those field goals, I mean, we've been the ones saying, yeah, we need to go for it, and and so on and so forth. And I think another issue is when you do go for it, why aren't you running Boyd up the middle, who's getting five yards per carry? Instead, you're bringing in Whaley, and you're trying to run him up. Why are we bringing in the second string running back to try to run it up the middle on these? I don't, that's not aggressive. The second string running back's not aggressive. It's silly. Yeah, and when a lot of people were, were talking about he's not aggressive going for him fourth down, a lot of those times, and I'm still scarred, and I said every time I should have called it a state game when he didn't go for him fourth and one. At that point, we were averaging eight yards of carry in that game. When you're only averaging about two and you got Limpert, who's solid, and even we know even more he's a solid kicker, kick him a couple points. Um uh, or do something different besides run Whaley up the middle. Later in the game, the, the third fourth down, they uh, actually converted on. They did a misdirection pitch out to him 
and it worked. Mm-hmm. Something different. And it took them that. They used to run that play last year with Boyd all the time, and it worked. Haven't seen it all year until then. They wait to bust it out. And against San Jose State, it probably would have worked every damn time. Or you do that first, then run it up the middle. Mm-hmm. But no, that's not what we've seen. I don't agree with the aggressive. We haven't seen that. But I appreciate him going for it. So taking little baby steps. So here on forward, uh, fourth, I guess we're going to be aggressive from this point forward. I bet not. But not aggressive with the play call, actual play call, just the decision. Yeah, just the decision, not the actual play call, not the personnel that we're putting in, but uh, just decision to go for it. I mean, you got to coach smart, and it's not smart to. You just didn't do it in a smart way, and I think we've just pointed out all the different ways that it wasn't smart, but that's a bad coaching. Again, it comes back to bad coaching. And just like we broke down for you guys last year, game after game after game, and we tried. We tried so hard to be behind Coach Morris and be Coach Morris fans, and we gave him the benefit of the doubt, and we tried to get behind him again this year. But when, you know, you come up and slap me in the face, then I'm going to have a problem with it. And that's what it felt like. I felt like I got slapped in the face sitting there watching that San Jose State game. Yeah, I've never witnessed that. I mean, that's that's horrible. Even some of the teams we've lost to in the past, like a um, even like Citadel was number one in the uh, – one double A at that time, or they had eventually got to number one in that. It wasn't acceptable to lose the Citadel, obviously, as Frank Boyles uh, knew and uh, made a change right after that. But they were number one in that in one double A uh, that year. Louisiana Monroe is actually decent. Toledo was coached by uh, Matt Campbell, who's a real good coach at Iowa State. Now this is the worst. I mean, this possibly could be the worst. I mean, San Jose State, a team that's won one game and two games in the last couple of years, hadn't won a. Uh, a road or a road game against a Power Five school in uh, thirteen years or something like that went over Stanford, I believe. Um, this just this is down. I mean, this ain't just a regular loss. Yeah, no, no, you're hundred percent right. Uh, let's get into a little bit of Hunter Year check here. Back to the Hog Call Podcast. So here's Hunter talking about uh, the, uh, the 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 kinds of lows that uh, you go through uh, whenever you lose a game like this, and it just being you know it, it being okay and natural, and just t- take a, just take a listen to this. You understand what it takes to be you know successful in, in college sports. So, as a former athlete. How is it, again, you're affiliated, this is your team, the Razorbacks, watching a game where you're supposed to win and you don't win? Well, I've been involved in those as a student athlete. I've been involved for 27 years in many of those games in various sports uh, as an administrator. And that's what, when you put um, kind of your livelihood in the hands of 18 to 22-year-olds, that's sometimes what you get, uh, games that you should win, like the game Saturday versus San Jose State. You don't necessarily get the result that you expect, and uh, that's what makes college sports so incredible because a team like San Jose State, that was their Super Bowl. 
And quite honestly, they came out and played like it was their Super Bowl. They played better than our team played on Saturday. And they were the team, if we'd come back and won that game, we probably didn't deserve to win that game. San Jose State did. And so um, it was disappointing uh, from, from that perspective. But one of the things I've learned in 27 years and having been through some highs and lows in uh, 10 years as an athletic director is the highs are never too high and the lows are never too low. All right, what well, the? first off, the low is definitely too low because we just lost to one of the worst schools that we've ever lost to in program history. Maybe the worst loss we've ever had in program history. And the last time we had a loss like this, the coach was fired the next day. So, yeah, no, the lows can be too low. Secondly, you're not putting your job on the back of 18 and 21 year olds like you'd like everybody to believe you're putting your job on the performance of your coaches that you're hiring that is where your job lies as the athletic director and if you don't understand that then there seems to be a final fundamental disconnect between what your job actually is and 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 what you're doing because you should be holding accountable the head football coach not doing whatever it is you're doing here yeah that's a and that's a low he's he's acting like it's it's just a normal loss it's just a uh, he doesn't understand he does that's obvious he doesn't understand what it's like for a program like the arkansas razorbacks to lose to to a, a program that's one of the worst in the all of college football um that's won one or two games the last couple of years. He doesn't understand that. It's disappointing and to act like it's just nothing. Um picks and chooses when the the wins when it's winning is important when it's not. So well let's let's listen to uh the A D saying that his job is just to support the coaching staff, uh and be their cheerleader. Here we go. Now in the Hunter-Urichek era, I'm making decisions what I believe to be in the best interest of our football program, and it's not to get into Coach Morris's business with X's and O's and who his staff is. That's his, that's what we hired him as a head football coach. He's got to make the decisions on who his staff is. He's got to make the decisions on personnel and the X's and O's and the game plan. And my role is to support Chad Morris and to support John Chavis and Joe Craddock and our staff. So his role is to support the staff. Not the players. Well, no, he goes on to say, oh, yeah, and then the players, and then I need to support them, and I stand out in the locker room, and I shake their hands, and so on and so forth. So like he went on to say that, but I feel like that was just him deflecting whenever he was talking about that. So I actually cut that part off. But to be honest with you, what he's saying right there is that he's out there to support the staff, not hold the staff accountable not make sure the staff is doing what they're supposed to do, but to support them. Okay, you don't want to be involved in the coaching hiring process. That's fine. Okay, I understand that. You don't want to be involved in hiring assistant coaches. You don't want to be involved in the in the coordinators and all that. You want that head coach to be able to have his own program and run that program. Great, that's fine. But at some point, your job isn't a support role. At some joint, at some point, your job is an accountability role. You didn't seem to have any problem at all holding our basketball coach accountable. Wonder why that is. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He had a young two, a young team too coming back this year from last year, but but and he, obviously he never went. He would never even went to the equivalent of you know uh, six and six, five and seven, kind of that range. And his teams either uh, never had a losing record, but and had a young team. I'm young team's excuse this year, I guess. Um, but yeah, picks and chooses it. Yeah, absolutely. So he it's just a support role for the football staff, though. He's just there to support the the uh, staff. Uh, I mean, if it's because there's a big giant buyout and you don't feel comfortable paying a half a million dollars a month to two coaches that have been fired, say it. I could respect that more than you telling me you're just going to be out there to support the coach no matter what. And let that coach know that so that that coach understands the only reason I'm here right now is because of my buyout. Yeah, how about about he comes out and admits? That's what I want to hear. Well, we're paying them a couple hundred thousand a month for uh, for a couple more years. Uh, last thing we want to do is spend that much money. It takes out of my bonus I get if I uh, keep keep the budget tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're paying Bealum a three hundred thousand. Would have to pay his coach about two hundred thousand dollars a year if we exercised our you know uh, firing clause within the contract right now, which is silly. Why did this coach get such a a high buyout? And, and people say, oh, well, coaches wouldn't come here to coach if we didn't give them a high buyout uh, because, you know, of, of the condition of the team and the team they were getting and so on and so forth. I just don't know if that's true. That's there's plenty. Yeah, there's plenty of it's other coaches. It's an SEC coaches. job. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of other coaches out there that don't have giant buyouts, that have teams that, that, that aren't the best, that would take the chance on coming to an SEC program and trying to have a team that could – compete for a national championship versus stuck with a, you know, Washington State team that can't, right? Right. All right, so here's this. I just can't make this one up. Here's the (laughs) athletic director saying that he didn't set any goals for the program. Here we go. Mind where we to be successful in your mind. Did you have a goal? I didn't. I mean, going into this season, uh, quite honestly, I thought we had an opportunity uh, to be three and one or four and zero. Oh. We're two and two. Um, am I disappointed that we're two and two? I'm disappointed in the way we played on Saturday. I'm disappointed in the fact that we lost that game on Saturday. Um, but that um, you know, I try not to set um, say that this is we've got to be this. But you know, as you we all do this. As I'm a fan sometimes, and I'll look and I'll break down our schedule and I say, man, we got a great chance to win that game. A great chance to win that game. Probably not going to win that game. Here's how. Here's our path to get to a bowl game. And these first four games, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as a program from last spring through the summer uh, to this past Saturday to be three and one, four and zero, oh. and, and we're not there. But the season is not over. We've got eight more games to play. Yeah, we do got eight more games to play. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately. Uh, so no goal. I mean, he has a goal for the basketball team. He came out and said that he wants a national championship, and that's the goal. Remember that when he yep. fired the coach. Uh, but we don't have a goal for the football team, uh, the bread and butter of the University of Arkansas, the fan base's number one go-to sport. You don't have goals set for that. You don't have a goal set for this year. It's okay just to, you know, lose. 
these games. You said he said himself that he was thinking that we were going to have about the same record that me and you said that we should have at this point, Tim. And we don't have it right now. And all of a sudden, that's okay. And he said he was upset. I'm upset with losing Saturday. You weren't upset. It's old man. The way we lost, you're a check. I mean, you said Anderson had to compete for championships every season, and that's the reason why you fired him. We're not com- even close to competing for a championship. Eight wins left. We just had a run where we should have been, like you said, 4-0 with another non-conference Western Kentucky. I just won a damn bowl game this year. That's not too much to ask. And obviously, you think that's a lot to ask for just this program in general for two years. Two years. Mm. Well, you know what? You know what? He really feels like it's hard to beat San Jose State. And here's here's it right out of the horse's mouth. Oh, here's gosh. Hunter Aircheck saying that football is a is a hard game and it's it's hard to beat San Jose State. It is hard to win a football game. Very hard to win a football game. It doesn't matter if it's Colorado State, Portland State, San Jose State, Alabama. He just compared Portland State, Colorado, <laughs> San Jose State to Alabama. Did you hear that? Just grouped them in the same conversation. Just grouped them in the same group of like, teams. That's the same level of of winning. If he honestly believes that, I don't know, man. I think we got an issue at at uh, at. Uh, AD, I, I mean, come on. I, as I everybody wants to knock, knock Jeff Long, I never, ever heard Jeff Long say something like that, ever. He watched football. He was part of the college playoff community. I don't know if your chick really watches football. He doesn't sound like it's like, oh, Santa's Colorado State's, or Portland State's, Colorado State, San Jose State, Alabama. In the same breath, no stop, <laughs> no comma if it's nothing. <laughs> No calls, nothing to, to change what a thought he had in his mind when when it came out. Just grouping them in the same. It's the same. It's hard, no matter. You just can't make it up. You just cannot make this stuff up. I'm worried. I'm worried. What else can I say? Oh, I'm 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 so worried. I'm so scared. It's ridiculous right now. I thought the bottom was last year. I thought the very bottom Saturday was bottom. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, I guess everybody said we ripped them all up last year after the big loss, and and we were hard on the coaches and stuff. So, well, we were right. Welcome to the podcast. Well, we were right. We tried to be. We tried to come back this year and be positive. We tried to come back this year, and again, thought we could do it. All right, get that year out of the way. Improve upon. We haven't seen any improvements. No, it's like it's like it's happening again. It's like we're stuck in the twilight zone. It's like it's just repeating itself. Exactly. All right, so here's the AD uh, saying the program's good to go. So it's going in the right direction. Here we go. Obviously, you're here under uh, tough circumstances coming off a loss like this, but what you're telling everybody is that uh, you believe in Chad Morse. You believe he's going to get the job done. It may take a while. But, but you believe that they're on the right track? I do. I, I, I told Chad Morris that yesterday morning when I went over to his office, and he, he was really, really down. Uh, he, he was really down, and he took full responsibility. And I said, Coach, I want you to know uh, 
you are our football coach. You are my football coach. You have my full support. This program, in spite of the loss on Saturday, I know it is headed in the right direction. I see it headed in the right direction. Did we take a step back on Saturday? Absolutely. Are we all disappointed that we lost on Saturday? Absolutely. Should we have lost on Saturday? Absolutely not. But Chad Morris has got our football program headed in the right direction, and we're just going to have to be patient, patient than most of us want to be. Patient than most of us want to be. we just got to be patient and wait. He's got us going in the right direction. How? What has shown you that we're going in the right direction? Still doesn't have a Power 5 win. Still doesn't have an SEC win. It looks like he's only going to win a couple games, maybe three games this year. How is it going in the right direction? At what point do you say this is not going in the right direction? This is a dumpster fire. Yeah, I don't understand how he says that. I don't understand. Where, where, where's, where's the twinkle? Where is it? Where is it? Where's this uh, little glimmer of hope of what we have seen? The program turning in the right direction. Not after that one. I'm sure he, he's. He's, he's so glad he had to go to the Little Rock Touchdown uh, football club right after he lost to San Jose State. Bad timing, but he should have come out and be mad. But just to be relaxed a day after, two days after, whatever it was, mm-hmm. when Monday, you think I'm fuming now. You think we're mad now. I mean, Saturday night, Sunday, even Monday. I mean. Oh, gosh. Oh, I've calmed down a lot. Yeah, I've, uh, me too. I've calmed down a lot, even since just Monday. Um, and he was, he was just not – yeah, no, it, relaxed it, about there's it. not a passion care. for the Razorbacks there. There's really not. Uh, you know, and, and and to just to be okay with it, to not have goals, to thinking we're going in the right direction. I mean, explain to me how we're going in the right direction next time. Why don't you lay out the things that are showing you that we're going in the right direction? Is it because the culture has changed? Because... That was the whole complaint last year was our culture wasn't good enough to win the games that we could win and then win a couple of the harder games. And all that's supposed to be corrected. All that's supposed to be miraculously taken care of. And when it comes out and uh, he runs all these players off who were bad players, uh, according to him, not bought into the program, right? And then he comes out and, and dumps a loss like this. Now it makes you wonder, maybe maybe he should have uh, tried to keep some of those players. Maybe he shouldn't have been just running people off. Maybe he wouldn't be ha- ha- maybe he wouldn't have a roster of freshmen. That's just somebody hauling ass when the, when something gets too. That's what happened. Instead of working with yeah. the player, they were talking about a depth an issue. Well, you shouldn't have what kicked out thirty players or whatever. Ask mm-hmm. that many or more to move on. Maybe you could have changed them. Maybe some of those players. Oh, you got Michael Petway, a receiver, tearing it up at Iowa State this year. I was like, why can't you keep them? Why can't you coach? Why can't? Well, that's part of the coaching duties. Why can't the other players win? Exactly. Why can't you make those players a better version of themselves, inspire and them, in and help them to be a, a, a you know help them to. To, to be better. I mean, they're kids. I mean, your check said it, right? They're kids. They're young. You're young. They're very young adults. And impressionable, right? I impressionable. Mean. And you have the opportunity to be able to inspire them and be able to instill those values in them. You still have 
that opportunity at this at, at this level at college at collegiate coaching at uh, by not doing that you're giving up on them and that that makes me wonder about your character right there yeah but, you know I hate to say it I mean I ain't trying to I don't want to be I don't want to bash you know his I like Chad Morris as a guy I just don't think he's a good coach so I don't want to bash his character like that but uh, it just makes me wonder you know it does make me wonder a little bit. Yeah, get them to believe in your culture. Why couldn't you convince them and sell them on culture change? Yeah. You know? Obviously, they uh, knew the last culture wasn't working out. Yeah, if that was the reason, how long does that take? If how, you're so how good at sales take? and recruiting, why couldn't you, you, you keep some of the guys that were here? So, I don't know. You know, that's a, that's a great question. But uh, that goes back to bad coaching, I think. Yeah. All right, so here's AD saying uh, Chad Morris is good to go. He uh, he don't have to worry about his job. He's not on the hot seat. Here we go. So at this point, there's been no conversations about uh, you know Chad Morris coaching for his job, coordinators, any any changes at all coming to the coaching staff. Absolutely, absolutely not. No changes, nothing at all coming to coming to the coaching staff. Not coaching for their jobs. So. They're just coaching to be coaching. I mean, that's a great gig, right? You just do whatever you want. You know, you're you're good to go. You're not getting fired. You know, I know at my job, if I don't do the things that I'm supposed to do, I get fired. Yeah, me and as they, well. And they ain't gonna let me go three, four years not doing those things before they fire me. It'll be pretty darn quick. Without that much of a buyout. The first thing you're going to do is come and tell me, here's the goals I have for you. That's the first thing leadership's going to do. And say, you need to achieve these goals. We think that you're not performing well. And if you don't, you know, achieve these goals, we're going to have to let you go. So why can't we do the same thing at the University of Arkansas? Why is that taboo? Yeah, I don't understand why it's different. I mean, (laughs) So many good organizations, no matter what, uh, have goals and use goals. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with setting these? What's wrong with having any kind of positive expectations and believing that hire that's in your control and continue the, the move for him to be in that seat as a head coach of Arkansas is in your control, whether he stays there. How is there no expectations, positive expectations, expectations that you believe that he should be winning eight games this year? So, you know, I don't know. So anyway, that's it, guys. That's the things we wanted to bring you that we heard out of the mouths of our leadership, of our coaching staff, and we wanted to call to your attention and say these are some of the reasons that we're concerned on the Hog Call podcast, and we feel like Hog Call Nation needs to be concerned also. And, uh, so, you know, now we're fixing to get into breaking down the game, but goodness gracious, I don't know. I'm just taken aback by everything I just went through. I just heard, and I'm just so upset by it. It's just, it's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Man, it just adds on. (laughs) Just piles on you. Uh, Emotions kind of felt after that game Saturday night because that's just it. Doesn't look like anything's going to happen. Nothing's going to be done to change it. Is the thing that just makes you your heart sink a little lower. No, nothing. And I'm going to give hats off to uh, some of the 
the media out there, Trey Biddy especially, he came right on right after the game and just said it was ridiculous and something had to give. We couldn't keep doing this. And it, uh, you're right, 100% right, you know. And there, there's a few media guys out there that said this is ridiculous and, and we got to figure something out. We can't keep moving in this direction. And that is uh, media speak for we need to fire some folks. So you guys are right, 100% right. And, and all you guys that came out and said that, great, awesome. I really appreciate it. And I think most of the fans do too. Uh, but look, like look, all the clips we just played, everything we just broke down, you guys can do that too, you know, and you're going to have a far, a farther reach than we are. And, uh, you, you need to really be thinking about like, yeah, are you covering the hogs in such a way where it's not, you know, Coke or Pepsi, it's, you know, a Razorback football program or not, because that's, that's the, that's what we're getting to. And we need some accountability, we need some accountability for these coaches. I mean, where are the are the banners going to be flying over the stadium this weekend? Right? There's got to be something soon. That's what happened. I mean, Houston Nut never or the lost, nut never lost 10 games, but yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. That's got to be, right? I mean, yeah, it's I mean, the worst. I mean, it's the bottom of the bottom. I mean, yeah. So, uh, but we got to see something. We need, we need to... Yeah. I don't know where are those fans at. Where are those fans that are digging into the coach's personal records and and uh, looking at his phone calls down in uh, uh, to to you know the media down in Little Rock and trying to make it out like they're like they're like the head coach is having an affair and trying to get people fired and stuff. Where are all these people at? Whenever you know we had a coach that's winning that got us in this situation in the first place. Where are you guys at? Where's your money at now? Now we need you to put it back on the line so we can save our program at the University of Arkansas. Bam. That's what I like, Chad, right there. Guys, I mean, how how, how are they flying? Or, nothing now. I don't get it. Um, I'm waiting for it. Maybe this next game here in a couple weeks, the next home we got. Um, it's Auburn and uh, Auburn before we go out the road to Alabama. So that Auburn game is going to be big. If we lose these next two games, if we get blown out and embarrassed, like we've been embarrassed in two of our games this year, it's not going to be good. I, I assume there's going to be a banner, right? Yeah, I mean, there's got to be, right? There's got to be something. You know? I guess somebody started a, uh, a GoFundMe to, uh, to uh, you know, uh, to pay for the, the ridiculous buyout that we've given this coach again, which we said we weren't going to do again. And we yeah, turned around and did it that's immediately. I thought he wasn't going to get a buyout. I thought apparently, oh, we learned the lesson. There's no way we're going to have two coaches in a row with a buyout like that. And an unproven coach. Mm-hmm. He didn't hire like A&M hired Jimbo. We were playing this weekend or something like that. A proven head coach with a national championship on the record. Give him a big buyout. Yeah, Cave a, a, like a coach that's never like had a power five. Miles or Mike Leach or like Jimbo Fisher or, or you know, I, there's there's a bunch of them out there that would have been a better choice. A ton of them out there. Mike Norvell, like there was a lot of ch- choices that were way more experienced and and have shown they can win at a high level that we could have picked from 
and yeah. uh, you know we didn't we didn't do it, and, and that confuses me right there. I don't understand. I don't understand that at all. I guess maybe we just didn't want to pay a whole bunch of money. We didn't want to back the Brinks truck up and, and, and dump a bunch of money out. And maybe that's what this whole thing is. Maybe this whole thing is about money. But, golly, you're going to lose a lot more money if this program tanks. And Arkansas State is the, you know, flagship program of the state of Arkansas because we just wanted to hang on to coach after coach after coach. Yeah, I don't understand if it was a money issue, which it obviously was. Was it million or anything like that? Six million, like or something higher. We went out and got a guy that was a discount Malzahn, a discount, you know, Dabo Sweeney, mm-hmm. um, and the but the obviously the. Uh, the buyout's not discount. And we just had a coach that we just paid for that. I don't understand how that was done. How stupid can you be in that position? Well, don't hire him. If he's that selective, where else is he going to go? Who else was looking at Chad Morris? Coming from SMU, highest win total seven. Didn't win a Power Five game there either. That's a guy you can, if you want to save some money, just don't even have a. I mean, let him work year by year. Yeah. Little bit of a buyout, but that's telling if you wanna if you want your chance at an SEC program, you're gonna have to come here with a you know, three million dollar buyout. Period. And we're not giving you any more than that. Like we'll give you till Sunday to make your mind up. If you don't want to earn it, it, fine, we'll go get another coach. You get you get incentives when you win. Yeah, absolutely. Incentives not for doing nothing, not for signing a contract. Signing your signature on the on the dotted line. That's not when you should get the money guaranteed. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. And I know there's people out there that's going, oh well, you know, you don't know, you know how, you know, the business side of uh, football works and so on and so forth. Well, all right, fine. You know, maybe we don't, but. Look at other programs out there. There's plenty of them that have done it. And they've done it the way we're saying. And they haven't had the issues that we've had. You know? Uh, we, just, we just... We made a bad decision by hiring a coach at this level and giving him this kind of buyout. And we've put ourselves in a, in a horrible situation. And it looks like it's not working out. And... I feel like personally, it's time to say, okay, we made a really bad mistake. Let's let's just cut our losses and and go the other way. Get me a coach in here that can take what we got and win. I don't want a coach that's got to take you know their players and mold them and get it all perfect. And that's what you're going to have and blah blah blah. I don't want that. I, that's just take that some take what we got some, and win some football games. Just take some damn football players and coach football. Exactly. I mean, they're not. They're not. It's not a video game where you got to have these select for things. Coach them up. They're they're human beings that's been training for the game of football. That know the game of football doesn't take that long to be better than you know. Able to beat San Jose State. So yeah, no. Hey, I hope that I'm eating my words. I hope we come out and beat Texas A and M by sixty. I hope we beat Kentucky. 
you know, maybe lose to Auburn and, and, and Alabama, come and beat Mississippi State, beat Western Kentucky, go to a bowl game. But I don't think it's going to happen. I just, I just, I just don't see it. I mean, this year is playing out almost exactly, almost exactly to a T the way it played out last year. Yeah. You remember North North. Texas just embarrassing us? If this was North Texas right here, they would have embarrassed us instead of San Jose State. Because that's how we played. Because that's how much better North Texas is than San Jose State. Oh, for damn sure. We made this quarterback look like an all-damn American for them. And I guess you know, what we had, you know, we got two li- we got two starting linemen out. One of them's out for the year. It, it ain't got a snap. Uh, the other one was out for this game. And, you know, so we got two backup linemen and two starting linemen. And maybe that's the issue. Maybe that you know that's why we were getting pushed back seven eight yards. But I don't. I don't, I just think they probably watched film and said we can play harder than these guys. We can play better than these guys. Take a look at this. You know they're not. They don't give their all. And what does that come down to? Um, who's who's the motivator to give their all? And then the problem is, once you're exposed, every other team takes advantage of it. Yep. And that's what happened to us last year. Once we were exposed, every other team took advantage of it, and then eventually we lost our will, and we gave up. Are you going to tell me that we go into Western Kentucky and we hadn't won a game yet, that we're going to have the will to win that? Yeah, that's going to be tough. Ty Story coming in here. on. Yep. LSU, uh, uh, they're going to be out for blood. I mean, then you're going to be beat up so so much after that game, you got to go play Missouri. Right? Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. So, okay, well, let's take a look at the game. We hadn't done that yet, and and I guess we need to go through that, uh, that real quick. So, uh, yeah, we played uh, San Jose State, and uh, they beat us uh, 31-24. First quarter, we we scored seven points. They scored seven points. Second quarter, they scored 17 points. We didn't score anything. Uh, Third quarter, we kicked a field goal. They didn't do anything. Uh, Fourth quarter, uh, we scored 14 points. They scored seven points. It looked like we were going to win the game at the end of the game. Uh, quarterback John ran out there through his uh, fifth interception. Uh, he, the quarterback was just throwing interceptions left and right during this whole game. Uh, the play calling really wasn't bad, but the personnel was kind of ridiculous. Uh, we we spoke about that earlier. There was a lot of instances where you know they would go for it on fourth down and they would use the uh, the backup quarterback or or uh, or whatnot, and uh, it just it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. I. You know, it looked to me like uh, the uh, story was, is, uh, or not story, but Starkle was staring down his receivers. That caused a lot of his passes to be jumped and picked off. Uh, he didn't have a whole lot of time. The offensive line was getting shoved back. 
uh, eight to ten yards, uh, literally. Like, you could literally go watch. They literally got just blown up off the ball and shoved back. And just, it was, they were just more physical. Uh, the way they were tackling us was more physical. They were just, it was just slobber knockers left and right from them. And uh, we just looked like the worst, the worst team out there. Uh, Coach Morris said it earlier. They looked like they were the SEC team. We looked like we were, a, what is that, Mountain Conference or whatever they're yeah. in. <laughs> Mountain West, yeah. Mountain West. So it, it was just a just a horrible game, you know. Uh, so uh, let's see. Russian yards. Uh, San Jose State had 101 Russian yards. We had a th- 131 Russian yards. So we did rush the ball uh, better than San Jose State. Uh, we look at passing yards. They had 402 passing yards. We had 356 passing yards. So we were able to get out there and pass the ball around a little bit. We So we were able to mix it up some. Uh, Boyd was averaging about five yards per carry, I believe, in this game. But uh, we decided at some point not to feed him the ball uh, for whatever reason. And, and we fed a lot of the other running backs the ball throughout the game. And we passed way more than we really needed to. Uh, we said this was probably going to be an issue in the, the previous podcast. Neither one of us thought that it was going to be an issue that would wind up costing us to lose the game, but it did cost us to lose the game. They came out and scored right away, which put us in a situation where we felt like we had to come back the entire time. So we were we were trying to throw the ball the whole time. And I think that was that's bad coaching right there, too. I think you got to settle the team down. you got to say, hey, it's okay. We don't have to worry about, you know, throwing the ball. We can just run it. We can get, we can play Arkansas football. We're going to be okay. You know, they just, they just came up on us. They just got lucky, you know, uh, and, and that didn't happen. Uh, I don't know. Do you, you want to go over it some more? This is, makes me sick. Yeah, I, I thought with Boyd too. I know he's banged up a little. I heard he had plenty of carries, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, look good. Yeah, to have fifty throws is not good. What you want, um, unless it's just you're playing a you know six overtime game. Mm-hmm. Um, Should have ran the ball more. You know, like you said, we had better success. Kind of got away for our well, you know, change up kind of kind of the run plays. Um, stop just running it down. You know. Uh, the one or two, two hole, you know what I mean? Every time with your run plays, do something different, get that run game involved, trust in that offensive line. Cause they gave a push. I mean, they didn't like, they, they weren't the best So we had some losses. You, you, there's some obviously videos out there. You watch the game too, clip or anything. Uh, you see the lineman get pushed back, but they, you know, they didn't allow a sack. Uh, they still, we still gained 142 yards rushing. We should have put it up. Honestly, just, just maybe helped them out a little different, maybe some different screen passers, a little uh, out to the running backs. Use them in a different way, almost mm-hmm. like a run um, that we don't utilize enough to kind of a quick get the ball out of the hands of Starkle quick enough. It didn't not feel make like offensive Starkle, line. Yeah, it didn't feel like Starkle was using checkdowns effectively at all. Yeah, and that's what kind of got us into five interceptions. Exactly. Exactly. But, yeah. It's part of coaching to communicate that expectation to do that. Oh yeah, absolutely. and take it take it little by little and come back and not try to get all twenty four points in one series. Mm-hmm. Instead of having the quarterback out there telling you what to do. Yeah. Um. 
yeah, so Rakeem Boyd got 95 yards, which was good. Uh, Dave Lon Whaley got uh, 39 yards. Uh, Stark will rush for eight yards. So that's where 142 yards came from. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Average, Rakeem Boyd averaged 5.1 yards per carry. Dave Lon Whaley, 2.7 yards per carry. And if you're averaging 5.1 yards per carry, why are we not feeding him the ball more? Yeah, especially a game where we really need them, where we're backs against the wall. Pull out all your guns. Don't lose to San Jose State. Run the clock. They act, yeah, they acted like we're going to come out and win this. They showed no – they could know how to win. They just assumed they were going to win as coaches. That's yeah. our job as fans assume we're going to beat San Jose State. That's our jobs, not the damn coaches' jobs. Exactly. Exactly. And what's wrong with running the clock down some? Even if you've got a hurry-up, no-huddle offense, all that, and good mess, and you're playing San Jose State, they jump out on you, what's wrong with running the ball, running the clock down, you know, getting down to the to the red zone, scoring a couple points? You know, you got to think, if we kicked our field goals instead of going for it, you know, would we have... Would we have... Uh, you know, would this game have turned out differently? I know it wouldn't have made a difference on the scoreboard. Would the momentum have been different? Would the players have had a different enthusiasm if we had some points on the board at the end of those drives? And uh, like like you said before, if we had uh, not only have we called the plays we call, if we used the correct personnel in those plays, you know, if if you're if your guy in the box is saying, "Hey, the offensive line's getting blown up five yards off the ball every time the ball is snapped," maybe we shouldn't run the ball up the gut on this. You know, maybe we should pitch it to the outside, like you said, and then uh, you see those those plays working. But why do we have to wait till the fourth quarter to do that, right? Yeah, why get down already? That big, not be creative. Just assume, I mean, just assume they're going to be able to power all over. Kept doing the same thing. It's insanity. You know, what's insanity? Expecting kind of the different results, doing the same thing over and over when it's mm. not working. Exactly. So our receivers, uh, we had uh, Trey Knox with 83 yards, Mike Woods 115 yards, uh, Tyson Morris 60 yards, Devlon Whaley 40 yards, uh, C.J. O'Grady with 33 yards, uh, Ricky Boyd with 10 yards, and Devion Warren with 15 yards. So we did mix it up a little bit more in the receiving crew. That was something we said that we needed to see uh, more of uh, after the last game. And uh, goodness, it didn't help one bit at all. Yeah, they were, um, you know, missing Burks, who's out with the. So that didn't help one bit, uh, but. We gotta spread it around a little bit. I like uh Trey Knox a lot. Um why Mike Woods after the first quarter getting that sixty two yarders, he only getting a couple more catches after that. Go deep again. He's obviously more talented and faster, runs better routes than the um San Jose State defensive backs can run mm-hmm. keep up with him. So And when we get it to Devion Warren on the outside, he's picking up fifteen yards. We said this before the last game he picked up a ton of yards when we got him to the outside. Uh, you get him on a little screen pass or something, and he picks up a ton of yardage. Well, why? Why is he getting one pop, one shot at the ball? Yeah, I don't know. Because he does that so consistently. Every game you get a shot, 
play of anybody. Yeah. I mean, every ridiculous. game. So there's only, there's only one or two. Yeah. Utilize him. Come on. He's a hard matchup for the defense. Keep going to him. Well, oh, here's what the uh, coach was impressed with. He said we had a pretty good punting. So uh, Sam Lloyd with three punts, uh, averaging uh, 41 yards, uh, 123 yards total. So some nice punting there. Halfway decent. What? what? That's what he said. <laughs> well, our punting was halfway decent. Halfway decent. Ah, Connor Limpert came out, kicked forty-eight yard field goal. So you gotta, uh, you know, you gotta say hats off there. Should have had yeah. two more field goals. Uh, we decided not to take those points. I don't know. I think moving forward, maybe maybe we do kick the field goal, especially when in the red zone and, and Connor's kicking as well as he is. And I like to hammer down and be aggressive and all that. I just don't know that we're going to be able to convert on fourth down if we can't do it against San Jose State. Uh, but a lot of times we're talking about, when we're talking about going on those fourth downs and one yard line, it's a little bit beyond what Lampert can make from field goal. And we weren't down 48 to nothing, you know. We were down a couple scores, just a couple scores. A couple, get points on the board. Yeah. That's why I kind of going back and, you know, I appreciate the aggressiveness, but the play calling wasn't aggressive. And, dude, it's not like your first, it's the fourth and one from the 45-yard, you know, 45-yard line in San Jose State Territory, or 39-yard line where it's going to be, even though Lindbergh County had a 57-yard field goal. But, you know. And you're just pulling the aggressiveness out of your ass for this game. You haven't done it for any other game either. So Yeah, just all of a sudden just, like now he's heard it and he's trying to pretend to listen to the fan reaction, you know, after they boot him. Or last week or whatever, when he's making like he's going to go for it at our own 20. So, ah, goodness gracious. A defense was horrible the first half. Uh, I, I think it was an embarrassing first half for the defense. Uh, and it's the entire reason we lost this game. There's no reason that the defense should have been that bad. Uh, you could see the coach, or uh, uh, the chief, was just freaking out about it. I thought he was going to have a freaking stroke at a couple points. It looked like he was trying to rip the hair out of his bald head. Um, <laughs> it was really, really a shame to see him in such distress, honestly. But that first half was ridiculous, and they did horrible, horrible job. The second half, they did a halfway decent job until it mattered, and then they did a horrible job again. I don't know. Maybe they threw it. Maybe they had some money on this. I don't know, because it sure seemed that way. There was no way the talent was doubled uh, two times as better as San Jose State. There's just no reason for that. I don't understand how the safeties were giving up whatever the receivers wanted on set for the, the – Trojans, Spartans, San Jose State. Is you pissed off? Let me get to this room. Mm-hmm. You're the reason that San Jose State beat us. You're over here talking shit about how they're the San Jose State. I forget what they are, too, so it's my fault, too. Either my the Spartans fault. or the Trojans, you said the opposite. Yeah, the, they're the San Jose State Trojan condoms, I think. I I even throw that in at the end there. So. Well, luckily they didn't say that was that was our fault. They were saying it was the 
players that said they were going to win 70 to nothing and run up the score and all this stuff. So, well, why are, why is our players acting like every single time they make any kind of play, it's some awesome play and they're dancing out there on the field? Against Sta- San Jose State. Why? Why are y'all doing that? Defensive guys especially. Why? It's ridiculous. It's embarrassing and you need to stop. You need to stop. Until you win a win in an SEC game, I don't want to see any more dancing and, and partying and trying to have a good time and, and celebrating anything on the field until you can tell us you can win an SEC game. Damn right, agreed. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. It's, it's, it's getting it's a little bit too much. Yep, I agree. It's, it's, the re- it's one of the major reasons we lost this game. So let's check this out. So we had, uh, let's see, sacks. One sack. Jamario Bell. How about that? Hats off. One sack. Interceptions. One interception. Cameron Curl. Hats off there, Cameron. Great job. I mean, he does do a great job, so I can't really beat him up too much. He's probably one of the better players out there. Uh, you know, bumper he's, pool. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's caused turnover in each each game, but man. Bumper pool had help. Yeah. Bumper pool had a breakup. The John Harris had a breakup. McClellan had a breakup. Uh, Fouché broke up a pass. Uh, Gabe Richardson broke up a pass. Hayden Henry broke up a pass. Uh, then you had uh, Fouché with a hurry. Uh, Makai Smith with a hurry. You had uh, McTevin Aguim with a hurry. And why isn't Aguim playing a little bit better? You know, he's supposed to be one of the top notch players we have. Yeah, I don't know how against San Jose State he's not getting How, how do you not look like a superstar out there? Yeah, I expect a lot of big, a lot bigger things for him this year. Not come to fruition yet. Then you got T.J. Smith with the quarterback hurry and uh, Marshall with a with a hurry. So I mean that was that's your stats. I mean the stats are just horrible, just horrible, deplorable for the team that we played. The, yeah. This this should be the team where you're you're padding your stats, where your your stats are awesome. I mean they were out there throwing the ball around like we uh, that, what. What was it called? Trey Biddy called it a Swiss cheese defense. That's what it looked like, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't believe we were saying that. They were just throwing the ball all over the place, just eating us up. Slant after slant after slant. Yeah. That, uh, Walker. I mean, just over and over. Trey Walker, just 12 receptions for 161 yards, just over and over and over. Over and over again. Same guy. Yep. Yeah, and we were like, "Oh, you know, look how small this guy is! Ha ha, he he's just freaking like five foot tall or something." And uh, you know, we were we were pointing out, you know, that uh, you know we had the size advantage, and we didn't have to worry about him throwing the ball up <laughs> on us. And we were we were gonna hope we were gonna see some picks in this game, you know, because of that. No, no, uh, uh-uh. we didn't see any picks in this game whatsoever at all. Well, one, one pick the whole game. Uh, just, just ridiculous. Just ridiculous play. It's just embarrassing to, to go over these numbers and talk about it. And I'm, I'm done yeah. with it. I, I, I can't do anymore, Tim. 
Yeah, I don't blame you. I'm done with that game, man. We've talked about it at all. It's just embarrassing. <sighs> embarrassing. So for a, yeah. for for a team to be so full of themselves and only winning, you know, eight of the last you know thirty games or something, is just ridiculous. You know, I guess we 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 play a part in that too because we were we were talking them up, you know, uh, and talking about how good they looked and and uh, you know we're really really talking them up and and uh, you know I guess you know I was thinking oh look you know Starkle's getting out there and he's he's excited about beating this team and and uh, I was kind of excited about that and and. Honestly, I, maybe they just look past them. Maybe they're going to beat A&M. Maybe they look past them. They've just been focusing on A&M the whole time. They've just been watching A&M film. Just Starkle was like, we got to beat A&M. You know, you know, you know we ain't got to worry about San Jose State. We're definitely going to win that one. And they just they just overlooked us, and, and uh, that's why they lost. But it didn't look like it to me. To me, it looked like they were just the more physical team, uh, and they just played better than us yeah they look like they wanted it they were more physical um yeah that, that was that was they didn't look confident at the beginning either like at the confident they look at the beginning of the game they look like oh, okay we're here to lose this one you know if you just looked at their body language and stuff on yeah, the sideline oh, yeah. they just look like you know one of those teams that you pay to come in and lose and then they scored and we couldn't, and you could just see that confidence. Like they started started so uh, the cockiness, uh, talking shit, just mm-hmm. uh, the celebrating. They were earning it. They were earning, earning every bit of it. Not only did they earn a million and a half to to win a game, they were earning that because they were they were more deserving. They were they they wanted that win more than we did, obviously yeah. by by tenfold. Million and a half dollars to beat the tar out of us. To be yeah, yeah. the game of the week, I think, is what some of the guys, some, what, uh, some of the media crowned them as, as just, you know, the, the the most impressive win of the week. So, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think we're good enough for them to claim a win over us. Is that, that great right now? I'll be honest. I have a lot of pride in the hogs, but we're not more saint in control of this thing. We're, I should be proud of it. Yeah, I I feel like we got the talent that we need to win games. It's like Alabama has a Ferrari, and they got a Formula One driver cruising down the freeway in that thing. And it's in the left lane, and it's hammering down, if you want to use that analogy. Yeah. Right? And we got a Corvette that has still good players and can do what it needs to do to win some games and sometimes even sneak up and beat that Ferrari on a good day. But we've just ran it right into the ditch. It's like that drunk guy from the Andy Griffin show got behind the wheel and just ran it into the ditch. Barney, wasn't that his name? Otis. Otis, Otis was a, so Otis, Otis drunk, has yeah. just ran us right into the ditch. That's what it that's what it seems like. So yep. 
you know, that's what we've done. We've gotten the left lane, we've hammered down, we spun out, and we went right into the dang ditch. Yep. Oh, man, and you San said Jose ditch. Yep. State was in a Ford Taurus, and they passed us in the right-hand lane so they wouldn't get in a wreck. Yep. There's your analogy, if you will, you want your <laughs> hammer-down analogy, Coach. That's, that's where we're at right now, Coach Morris. Yep. Yeah, well, we deserve to be in the Morris Taurus, right? I mean, my God. I guess it is. I guess it is a Taurus. Yep. All right, so there you go. San Jose State, we we covered it. Hope you guys liked it. Did our best. Sometimes our best just isn't good enough. <laughs> so uh, We what, tried. We're moving on to uh, Texas A&M. All right. <laughs> All right. Now, this is a team we should beat 50 to 7. A&M. You think so? I mean, I expect us to get beat revenge beat. game? I don't know anymore. I just don't know. Um, That's you know, what you were saying they're... before. You said last week this was going to be the Starkle revenge game. If we went into this game, if we won this week, and we went in this game with a couple wins under our belt, we might just roll right through this team. Well, guess what? We didn't win last week. <laughs> so I don't think so, man. It doesn't look like that. Well, it's sports, but right now there's just no no good bet in thinking we're going we're gonna to go down to Arlington and win. Maybe it turns around and we pull it off, but um, A&M's coming off a, a loss to Auburn where they fought back but still lost lost at home. Um, they're desperate for an SEC win. I mean, they beat um, Texas State and um, uh, Furman, I think. Uh, <laughs> it's like that, yeah. Um, Lamar, why am I thinking Furman? Lamar, not, not much better. So uh, they've had two good games against those teams and they have two duds against Clemson and Auburn. So they're trying to prove themselves and win their first conference game. First Power 5 win of the season. We're desperate just to save face. You know, Are we find at, something, anything. Can we consider ourselves a Power 5 win at this point? <laughs> well, no, it'd be it'd be like considering any time you beat one of the lesser ones. You know, It's like beating Rutgers or <laughs> Indiana football. You know. Golly, man. Oh, oh, just so you guys know, I, I should have said this earlier in the podcast, and I apologize that I didn't, but I just thought of it, and I don't want to forget, is look how good SMU's doing now that Chad Morris isn't there. Probably going to win next this week, too. They might not lose a game. I was looking at their schedule. I'm like, I don't know who's going to beat them at this point. This new coach they got. All the same yeah. players that Morris had. Well, you can't turn around a program that quick, Chad. You know that with somebody else's players. You got to change the culture five years before you can start making bowl games. It's almost like he had the players and was underperforming. I don't know. Huh. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's he's going like to be when they switched out and got the right quarterback and they just started performing better. Yeah. Just something Ooh. to think about. Yeah, everybody's bragging about, you know, Arkansas State and stuff winning. They beat Arkansas State on the road. Texas, Texas State just whipping them. Whipped Texas State, 47-17. Went on the road at TCU and won. 
this team's a good program. All they needed was to find a better coach. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be like, you know, Tennessee's Butch Jones, he's getting top, top five recruiting classes, couldn't coach a month. I mean, my gosh, we're not even getting those classes. So, it's not looking good so far. Not looking very good. Well, if you're going to be betting, you know you need to use my bookie. And you know you need to use promo code HOGCALL. Because they're going to double whatever you put in. They're going to match it. So you put in 100, they're going to give you 200 to play with. If you put in 1,000, they're going to give you 2,000 to play with. That's all the way up to $1,000. Use promo code HOGCALL. And when I look here at my bookie, they got us as a 23-point underdog. Which is really very favorable, I would say. I'm surprised this it's not like forty after last week. Yeah, I am too. After losing to San Jose State, playing um, away from home, um, most of the A&M still ranked. I'm surprised. I mean, that's. Whew. I mean, I, I can't. I can't. I have to admit it. Right, now. I could see him beating us by more than that. Easily. I mean, easily. Hopefully not. Hopefully we, we compete. Play. You know, swell or pulled off as we played last year against them, losing twenty four seventeen. But right now, we haven't proved shown anything to make me think we're better than twenty three and a half points. So it's pretty good line from my bookie. Exactly. So, well, let's take a look at uh, Texas A and M's uh, team and and uh, see if there's any way at all that we let's, let's see if we can hype ourselves up, all right? And talk ourselves into winning this thing. Because we do that sometimes here. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. They got Kellen Mond, who has just been tearing it up, even though they haven't been winning. Even the games they haven't been winning, he's been tearing it up. So uh, he's one of my fantasy quarterbacks. And and, uh, goodness gracious, you know, 6'2", 217 pounds, junior. Uh, out of San Antonio, Texas. Good, you know, he's the one that uh, beat out Starkle. So, yeah, he's a uh, he's been decent this year. Um, he's already got a thousand yards, ninety four out of one hundred six, only three interceptions, seven touchdowns. Um, he's averaging about two seventy a game. So, really solid quarterback, one hundred thirty eight passing efficiency. Mm-hmm. So, he's got he's got experience in the SEC. Um, decent against this last year. Um, but he's definitely been the, the strong point that rushing's been hit or miss, but the strong point has been on offense and Kellen Mond. Exactly. Uh, let's see. You've got uh, Quantre Davis, they, uh, the receiver, 6'2", 200 pounds. Uh, they got a lot of height, that receiver, right now. Uh, and, and kinda, they got uh, Cameron Buckley, 6'2", 190 pounds. Uh, they got uh, Kendrick Rogers, who made a lot of big plays in some of the games that I watched uh, A&M play this year. Uh, he's 6'4", 204 pounds. Uh, he's re- he really shows out a lot. And you got uh, Caleb Chapman at 6'5", 214 pounds. Uh, all of them are, are juniors except for uh, Chapman, who's a freshman. So, Yeah, and... Um... Uh, last year, uh, uh, Buckley was the guy that actually uh, had the most 
catches and yards, five receptions, 72 yards against us. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Davis and Osborne really didn't have too much, even though they've had a really good start to this year. Um, Kendrick Rogers, he played last year, but he's, yeah, he's a six, six big body guy. He's a tough matchup. Um, we got some kind of some shorter, uh, defensive backs, um, that are definitely, uh, the matchup favors him. Oh, absolutely. But Osborne, he's got 364 yards. You know, he didn't do too great against, but he's an average 91 yards game. He's pretty good. They're good too right now. Yeah, and then their uh, tight ends, uh, Glenn Bell and uh, Jalen Winmeyer, uh, those 6'5", 260-pound uh, guys. Uh, Bell is a senior, and he's been there for a while, and, and Wedermeyer's a freshman, but they've been both seeing a little bit of time. They look pretty good. Yeah, Wedermeyer's got two touchdowns. You know, he's definitely a red zone target. Um, Glenn Bell's more for blocking tight end. Mm-hmm. But they're missing Sternberger from last year. Catches, but it looks like Wittemeyer's kind of taking that role. He's got six catches, fifty-six yards so far this year in those two TDs. And then they, uh, you know, they got a fullback, which you don't see that much in uh, in college ball with Kogan Bladry, uh, six four, two hundred sixty pounds. It's really becoming kind of faux pas, but uh, they do run a lot of power eye, so so you'll see that quite a bit. Uh, and then their halfback is uh, Jacoby Kibdi. I don't know how to say that. 6'2", 218 pounds. And uh, Isaiah Speller, 6'1", 220 pounds. Yeah, so Speller's their main guy right now. Uh, they lost Jay Sean their starting running back. A guy that ran uh, for a touchdown against us last year. He's out for the rest of the season, so Spiller's taking that role. He's got 200 55 yards this year, average of seven and a half yards to carry, two touchdowns, long of 85. So he's got some get up and go. And like you said, Kabobi's, Kabobi's their uh, uh, second string running back right now, averaging about 3.9 yards to carry. Mond will run it too. He's got about 77, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, but those yeah. are your main guys yeah. running. Absolutely. And then when you go and you look at their line, uh, they got. Uh, Colton Pratter, 6'4", 298 pounds. He's a senior. That's their center. Uh, left guard, uh, Jared uh, Hawker, 6'5", 323 pounds. He's a junior. Uh, the left tackles, Dan Moore Jr., 6'5", uh, 325 pounds. He's a junior. Uh, right guard, uh, Kayan Green, 6'4", 330 pounds. He's a freshman. Uh, right tackle, uh, Carson Green, uh, six six, three hundred fifteen pounds. He's a junior, so you can see they're going to be probably running the, the ball to the left side a little bit more, uh, especially having that, you know, freshman in there. And uh, goodness gracious, what a beast of a line that they got! I mean, you're looking over a ton right there. Yeah, they actually. Um, I guess they've been known as a maroon goons off of the lines. 2012, never heard of it. Um, the Aggies 2019 starting offense line collectively tips the scales at 1,591 pounds, averaging 318 pounds per lineman. They're the heaviest starting five in A&M history. That is a big bunch of boys. Good God. We're going to have our work cut out for us on the defensive line. We're going to have to see a whole lot better defense than we saw last week. If we're going to yep. be getting back there and, and disrupting the quarterback. And if we don't disrupt Mond, he is going to tear us up with these receivers. 
So it's not looking good at all. Yeah, I'm not encouraged so far. What else we got? And then you got this. <laughs> then you then you got this running back and this fullback and these big old boys knocking these great big holes in the in the in the blame uh, defensive line and 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 the fullback getting to the secondary and picking up that first uh, you know uh, Mike back or or Will back and and you're running that you know half back right up behind them. That's that's pretty scary too. So uh, I'm sorry I don't have any better news for you there, Tim. <laughs> when you ask right. what that's else right. I got, but that's what else I have. That's all right. That's it's gonna right. be a tough game. It's gonna be a yeah, tough, tough game to beat that offense. Yeah, um, it is. Really, our best bet might be if we can outscore them and just get in a shootout. So uh, let's take a look at this defense and see what uh, what we got going over here. Okay. So, uh, let's see. We got Tyree Johnson, 6'4", 250 pounds, senior. That's your defensive end. He's been tearing it up all year long. Uh, every game I've seen, he, uh, he's he been, you know, uh, doing something in it. Uh, then uh, they rotate him out with uh, Mike, Max Wright at 6'4", 262 pounds, senior. Uh, then you got got uh, Michael Clemens at 6'5", 275 pounds. He's a junior. He's the other defensive end. They rotate him out with... Uh, D. Marvin Lill at 6'4", 295 pounds. So a lot of length, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of size on those defensive ends. Yeah, uh, Johnson, you know, mentioned Tyree Johnson. Mm-hmm. And quarterback hurries with three, uh, leads the team in tackles for loss. It's got a sack on the year. No quarterback – or no – none of their defensive players have more than one sack, but he's got one of them. So like you're saying, he's, he's really – he's involved in a lot of plays – um, uh, on the from the defensive line spot, Clemens same way, kind of ten tackles, quarterback Curry and a half tackle for loss. Exactly. Uh, so then you got your their de- defensive tackles. They do run a four three or yeah four three most of the time. So you see uh, Justin Madbook six three three hundred four pounds junior. Uh, then uh, you got uh, Bobby Brown. Uh, 6'4", 325 pounds, sophomore. And uh, I've seen him rotate out with this Josh Rogers, 6'5", 290 pounds, uh, another senior, uh, more than anything, really. Yeah, those guys are all uh, uh, contribute a lot. They rotate a lot. Um, let's see. Um, so it's a real beast of a defensive yeah, line. Mar- they're they're going to be attacking us. Yeah. Uh, where did I see uh, the Matabuki? You know he's got he's got tackles for loss on the year. He's got a sack himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, he's a guy that I was thinking of with the three quarterback carries. Um, so he's the big and Bobby Brown. He's got six tackles on. He's actually got a block kick too. Oh wow! How about that? Got a lot of height on him. All right, well, we got uh, at Will linebacker Anthony Hayes, the third, 6'3", 226 pounds. Uh, We got uh, Buddy Johnson at 6'2", 228 pounds, Mike Back, Jr. And then uh, strong side linebacker, we got Akina Akai, 6'3", 225 pounds, senior. Yep. 
and they're you know they're decent uh, a decent uh, linebacker group, but you know they're nothing to write home about. They they haven't uh, it's been like blowing the doors off or anything this this year so far. Yeah, no. Uh, Johnson's you know, he's got twenty tackles, three tackles for loss. Hounds behind him in the second leading tackle at seventeen. One and a half titles for us, quarterback Curry for each of them, but uh, nothing crazy. They're not getting sacks from the linebacker spot, um, so nothing, nothing really to be feared. Yeah, so yeah. much. No, you know we haven't seen a lot there, but if our offensive line plays anything like they did last week, it's going to be an issue. Uh, sure, that <laughs> defensive line is is such a beast, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, you don't have to be good at that point to to get back there, but if we hold our own. Uh, then we'll be okay. So it's just it's going, to, it's going to really depend on what University of Arkansas football program shows up on the field tomorrow. Uh, at the cornerback spot, they got uh, Miles Jones, six four, hundred eighty five pound junior. Uh, they got uh, Debion Rimfro, six two, one hundred ninety eight pounds. Uh, Charles Oliver, six two, one hundred ninety six pounds. And uh, those are like their 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 best players on their defense right now are those cornerbacks and they can really lock it down and cause a lot of trouble passing the ball they play you you'll see they play a lot of man and they go to a lot of cover too yeah i mean uh miles jones he's got two intercepts tackle pass break both of them's got some pass breaks up so uh, really probably the strong position on the defense besides their offense their defensive line Mm-hmm. And then you got their uh, strong safety, uh, Leon O'Neill Jr., six one, two hundred six pound senior, and uh, at uh, free safety, uh, Damian Richardson, six one, two hundred ten pounds, free safety. Uh, so you see him uh, being switched out with Derek Trucker, six one, two hundred two pound junior. Yeah, both those guys uh, about right behind the starting linebackers tackle. Tackle for loss here and there. Uh, O'Neill's got an interception, um, but not a whole lot going on um, besides that. But solid, solid safeties, but nothing really to brag about. Mm-hmm. Nothing right home about. So we could possibly get in a shootout with these guys. The cornerbacks we're going to have to beat. Uh, so we'd need to see some, you know, inventive routes from our uh, our receivers to make sure that we're we're getting the ball out there. Uh, defensive ends. Uh, defensive tackles they're going to be coming after us uh so we're you know maybe some check downs and stuff like that like uh getting getting the ball to the running backs out and open uh letting them get some field uh seeing some screens uh, i think that type of stuff is going to be really successful for us in this game uh you know they're trying to trying to run the ball around the end if we can get there but then you got to think that these guys are fast. I mean, I've watched some of their games, and they got a really fast line. So, as big as they are, they're very, very fast too. Yeah, they are. Um, like you're saying, kind of avoiding make, make a play, get some screens, get some things going out to the uh, off tackle, mm-hmm. um, kind of attacking that second level of linebackers, and uh, maybe even deep with some safe the safeties. Yeah, back shoulder throws, uh, slants. You know, if we could just kind of take the uh, same game plan that uh, San Jose State had and just run with something like that, we'd probably be pretty successful. 
Yeah, I bet we could keep running their slant. <laughs> That's why I could run a slant as a good kid. God. So over and over. I'm sure we could I'm sure Jimbo wouldn't change up anything. Try to adjust. Anything on this special teams that we need to talk about here? I mean, is there anybody that's, you know, maybe the holder? <laughs> the holder is very good. <laughs> Not actually sure. Um, you know, Seth Small, he's 7 out of 9. For, he's 0 for from the beyond 40, or 0 for 2 from beyond 40, so he doesn't really, uh, you know, you want to force him to try to kick a long field goal because his long in the year is 33. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not great. Um, punt returns, Rashawn, Rashawn Paul, he's had a long one. So nine, nine returns for 120 yards, 13, uh, average. So he's, he's dangerous. Hadn't scored yet. Uh, kick returns, um, average is about 18, uh, not getting a lot of opportunities. Um, punting Braden moon is averaging 48 yards a punt. So not bad. A couple of touchbacks. He's got, uh, eight, Eight fifty plus punts this year. Eight inside the twenty. He's a strong point, and he also uh, has seventeen touchbacks. So Braden Moon, man's actually pretty good uh, special teams player. So yeah, well, we're fixing to find out what kind of team we got when we go play Texas A and M. They're a decent SEC team, uh, not a top echelon team or anything like that. I'd say they're a middle of the road team. Uh, if we could beat them, that would be wonderful for us. I'm just not sure. It's going to be in the cards this year. Uh, we seem to get outcoached last year by Jimbo, and it, uh, I could see that happening again this year. They are ranked 23 in the nation. I don't know how, uh, but they are. It's kind of like Florida. can't believe Florida's ranked number 10 in the nation. But uh, I don't know. I guess they really, the, you know, media really likes these cats. Well, I mean, Florida at least is beaten. Uh, Tennessee and those aren't great power five schools, but at least it beats the power five schools. Yeah. And then, but but A and M hadn't beaten. Uh, you know, they've had wins against Texas State, and Lamar. Um. So and I mean, I guess, I mean, not not played very well. Got down pretty big in the two big games they've had this year. So a ranking of twenty, I'm not so sure. Uh, that's the right call, but yeah, yeah, twenty third. So uh, that's crazy. But uh, it is what it is. Well, I guess, uh, do you have more that, does we miss anything? No, I mean, I think that pretty much covers it. It's all kind of to me, kind of about what Arkansas needs to do. So mm-hmm. what we didn't do against San Jose State and what we needed to do against A&M. So mm-hmm. I think that covers it really well. Well, I guess we need to make some predictions here. Okay. I hate to do it. I'm going to go A and M 31, Arkansas 17. 31-17. Yeah. Golly, uh, I think we're going to come out there and we're going to play A and M real hard, and uh, they're going to beat us. So I think right up until kickoff, we're going to have a good game. So I'll go A and M. 28, Arkansas 7. Oh, wow. Oh, even worse. So, this going to be tough. This is going to be a tough game. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Not because they're so good, but because it's just how we've played so far. All right, moving on to hockey. 
We are undefeated, Tim. Oh, yeah. We went and whipped Kansas 6-3, 7-3. Still haven't let anybody score more than three points on us all year long. Have ran up the score on every single team we've played. And uh, fixing to play Vanderbilt next. So that should be a thorough beatdown by the University of Arkansas, who is a six-time SEC championship program. Now, if I was the athletic director, I think I would uh, be helping this team to propel themselves at the University of Arkansas, especially with their success. But he's not, probably doesn't have any goals planned out for anything like that either. Yeah, I don't think so. He doesn't have the goals at all for the football team. Why do you think? Well, this is a team to be proud of. This is a team that's six and zero undefeated, um, you know. But the, they're they're going on the road for the first time this year, so it's going to be interesting. They got two. They're going to Nashville, Tennessee. They're got at Vander or Vanderbilt, Middle Tennessee State, then Vanderbilt again on Sunday to close out the weekend. So it's going to be interesting. To um, and if y'all are uh, hanging out late Friday night, Saturday night, we play Vanderbilt at ten p.m on Friday in Middle Tennessee State at night. So put on the YouTube while you've had a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you're tired of football on Saturday and put a game on late. Hey, look, you want to watch the SEC, you want to watch the University of Arkansas, and you want to watch us dominate, turn on hockey, right? I'm talking good hitting, you know, a fun team, just playing fast, fast hockey, scoring a ton of goals. Uh, you're not talking about a hockey game that you go to a professional hockey game where, you know, there's two, three goals scored and that's a, that's a good game. I mean, we're talking seven, eight goals per game. We're talking a, a team that's getting up and down the ice, scoring, 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 checking people into the wall constantly. Just a really tough team playing very, very hard. And uh, it's a it's 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 not the it's not the kind of hockey you envision if you're familiar with NHL hockey, because uh, the University of Arkansas has just just got such a aggressive hockey style and hockey team. Yeah, and it's a team that hasn't scored less than five goals on the year and hasn't given up more. So they're averaging at least beating people, folks, but two goals. Um, probably average more like beating them by three. Whipping up on them, and they've had some slow starts, but not for very long. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we take a look at let's take a look at the roster real quick. You know, we got uh, Brennan Bowme. He's a uh, forward. He's six one, hundred ninety five pound. He's a freshman. Uh, then you got uh, Guardia, who is uh, a defensive back. He's five uh, ten. 195 pounds. Uh, you got Grant Deacon. He's a forward, 6'3", 200 pound junior. Uh, DeGuerre, he's a, uh, a, a back. He's 6'5", 180 pound senior. Uh, Jordan Deceased, another back. He's uh, 5'10", 170 pound senior. Uh, then you got uh, Duscana, who's a uh, goalie. He's 5'11", 160 pound junior. Uh, Michael Ellis is a forward, uh, six foot. Uh, 195 pound freshman Everett, six foot uh, two, 195 pound senior uh, Grant Fletcher, uh, six three, 180 pound freshman uh, Sean Forrester, six three, 210 pound senior 
Goatlib, who's 6'2", 200 pounds senior. Uh, Alex Kames, who's uh, another goalie, uh, 5'11", 180-pound junior. Uh, Evan Carr, uh, who is a uh, forward, 6'2", 190-pound senior. Uh, Alex Kaiser's forward, uh, 5'5", 180-pound senior. Uh, LaPlatte, who is uh, 5'9", 180-pound senior. Uh, Cameron McKate, uh, McKate, who is six foot tall, 205 pounds senior. Uh, Trevor McLean, uh, 5'10", 175 pounds senior. Uh, Colin O'Maimi, who's uh, 5'10", 175 pound freshman. Uh, Dylan O'Dellin, who is uh, 6'3", uh, 205 pound freshman. Uh, Kyle Peterson, uh, who is uh, 5'10", uh, 165 pound freshman uh, Bobby Ray who is uh, 6 foot tall 160 pound freshman uh, Zach Riley 6'4 215 pound freshman uh, Chris Salomon 6'1 uh, 195 pound junior uh, Jake Scher 6'2 uh, 185 pound uh, sophomore uh, Chris Stovall 5'9 uh, 195 pound senior uh, Griffin who is 5'6 uh, uh, 150 pounds senior uh, Tyler Valdern who's 6 foot tall 165 pound junior uh, Vint Lini who's uh, 5 foot 8 155 pounds senior and Zach Wilson 6 foot tall uh, 175 170 pound freshman so uh, you know we got a we got a nice size team we got some nice big boys out there uh, that, are, that are really doing a wonderful job I wish they had a little bit more stats on their, uh, you know, their stats, in-game stats and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, they don't. And, you know, it's just not something, like, I keep up with when I watch hockey games. But I do enjoy the hockey games. Yeah, I wish we could see a little bit more box scores and things. But it is cool. We get to watch them. And uh, a lot of big guys, a lot of uh, smart kids, a lot of good degrees are uh, getting into mm-hmm. um, from different places. Got Guys all over the U.S., guys from uh, Canada, so it's really cool. Exactly. So, you know, we're looking we're looking pretty good right now. Uh, I was trying to see. Gonna look on the rankings here. What what region are we in? Let's see the ACHA. Well, they don't look like they. Look, they've uh, updated the. Oh, it's February twenty first, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so it hadn't been updated yet, which is kind of so. strange. Yeah, it is strange. I guess they wait for a little while to do that. So we'll we'll keep you updated. Yeah, when they change. As soon as so last year they had they had updated until that point, but not after that. So. Yeah, so as soon as we know more, we'll let you know where we stand in rankings. But golly, it's got to be pretty good because we've we've beat some yeah. pretty decent teams this year already. Yeah, I mean those are those are teams that are decent. Um, so let's let's keep it up, hockey team. Exactly. So uh, yeah, yeah, it is what it is, and we are. Uh, I guess we can move forward. Is there any anything else? I know that they said they're going to name the court. Uh, after Nolan, for sure, it's going to be a charity event where you can get in for ten bucks, first come, first serve. So everybody will, will fill that up. Uh, 
So I guess, you know, they, they definitely listened to the, the call for naming the court after Nolan. That's happening. Yeah, they're doing that. They're playing ULR. That's all. Um, uh, so playing an in-state school, hopefully a pretty good crowd for that exhibition. Usually play kind of like the second exhibition we play is going to be Southwest Oklahoma. But playing ULR, you know, yeah. they're – they're a decent team. Uh, they got a former Razorback, Daryl Walker, coaching them, um, who's really good with the Hogs when he played uh, back in the day. Um, so that's pretty exciting. But again, you know, uh, it's going to be well competitive. I've probably got a lot of those guys know each other, and uh, it's going to be a fun game. Well, thank you. And I'm glad, obviously, they're no name of the court after no this long time, dude. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to see that. And thank goodness they are uh, Trojans and not Spartans. Yeah, for sure. We did find out there's a difference. <laughs> uh, I wasn't finding out after that game. Damn sure. I, yeah, I had enough. I had enough. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I, I felt better. I felt like maybe I got some of the venom out of me. Yeah, I do too. I, I felt like uh, I kind of exercised some of those demons from the worst loss in program history, or one of them at least. It felt so, different than hog pression this time. It felt more just like anger. Yeah. And then the more. the comments started piling up. I think I just got more and more angry. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's just the more and more you think about it and things were said and kind of what the coaches said, they just didn't have the same hurt, obviously. I think Chavis did. You know, he said he couldn't, he hadn't been able to sleep. He said he's only... He wasn't scared. He's only scared of snakes and heights, which I agree with. So uh, I don't blame him there. But he hadn't been able to. Uh, he's not scared of getting fired. I guess kind of what he's going along. But he is. Uh, he knows. He knows it's uh, very upsetting, and he he can't sleep, and it's bothering him. But he does need to get his sleep he and needs come to back get it and together, have a good right? game plan. Yeah. yeah, get it together, Chavis. Come on, that was ridiculous. It was ridiculous on your part, too. And I know we've been big Chavis fans, big fans of the Chief, and, and uh, we've been talking you up, and, and every 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 single week on the podcast, we've been, you know, singing your praises, and that's about to stop if we don't see some improvement on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but we had. We had seen some improvement. And then you've seen the dang adjustments made to improve at halftime, so you can see that the chief can make the adjustments he needs to make to fix the issues. But make, come on, man, watch more film. Do whatever you need to do. Make those adjustments prior to the game. Yeah, I'm happy, like you said, to make those halftime adjustments, but should have never gotten to that point. And, folks, I just want to leave you on this note, too. Let's not forget that our coach leaves every Friday. Heads on down to Texas and watches some football at a high school stadium instead of, you know, breaking down film or whatnot. Or keeping his guys in line since they're uh, thought so highly of themselves after Colorado State. Yeah. And apparently this is okay. This is okay to, you know, do your job most of the time as a head coach at the University of Arkansas. In season, half point of the season. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I just think it's important that we remind everybody of that because I think that can maybe get lost in the mix. Yep, I do too. 
Do we have anything else, University of Arkansas Sports Athletics, that we need to we need to focus on? No, I do got a little uh, do need to update the fantasy before off. Yeah, yeah, we definitely should talk about fantasy. Um so Chad, you're battling back you're on um I scored hundred and eighty seven points lost by uh, less than half a point to the Arkansas race. The snacks are pretty good, but um I've scored the most in our SEC division, but I'm in uh, kind of third behind Van Gundy's mullet and go Tigers. Chad, you're tied with me for third. Hawks, you're almost tied too. You got Flex Bone down and D Damp 23 rounding out the bottom of that division. You got two legit to quit who looks like the front runner 4 0 right now. Only undefeated team, Hogville Slammers and Arkansas Razor Snacks and Touchdown Jesus rounding out the playoffs from the <laughs> SWC. So, some big matchups, some high points scored. Um, uh, a lot, still a long way to go. Current projections um, still have kind of some uh, yeah. Who's current projections? Hogville Slammers raise the snack and surprise. Go Tigers, Van Gullies, Mullet. They have you, Chad. Playoffs at the eighth spot. So me down at four and seven, which is not acceptable. But I'm going to fire some folks. I tell you what, if I don't, if I don't make the playoffs this year. <laughs> I'm not going to be happy with that. I know that. I know that. Get me somebody else to run this fantasy team. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to bring in a ringer. Something, <laughs> someone win. Somebody with some experience. Oh, man. Somebody that's done it before. Yep. Well, I mean, that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty That's pretty exciting and fun. And, and uh, yeah, good luck to everybody out there that, that uh, is... Uh, is playing along with us and remember whoever wins this thing is going to get the uh, 1901 national championship shirt and if you would like one you do not have to play the podcast uh fantasy league you can go ahead and go to the website click on it and buy yourself one support the podcast you can find that at uh hogcall.com just look on the right hand side you'll scroll down to you see the t-shirt click on it and go buy yourself one uh, for 20 bucks, it's great. You'll be the talk of the town. Uh, it's going to have the uh, the hog call logo on the front, and then it's going to have the whole 1909 uh, uh, roster on the back and who we played. And gosh darn it, I wish we'd have put on there that, that uh, Ole Miss forfeited. <laughs> Forfeit, yeah. Uh, heck yeah. Should have. Yeah. We all know it. We all know it to be true. Yeah, I mean that's a little it's a little something whenever somebody's like looking at your shirt and they're going, Oh man, look there this y'all played some pretty good teams that year and they're and they're naming them off and you can be like, Oh yeah, also old mess forfeited. <laughs> also they ran and hid. <laughs> Didn't want to play, we're scared. So that's always a good bit of advice. Yeah. Well, I guess at this point we usually talk about something that is uh not Razorback sports related and I'll be honest with you Tim I just don't have anything I've just been so consumed with Razorback sports I mean I guess I have. you know I guess the president's getting impeached and all that kind of good stuff and you know that is what it is I don't know right now this week Chad yeah everything things like that there's a lot of important things going on but right now I've been so concerned wrapped up in this hog loss trying to this time of year football season um how we're going to get out of it so i've kind of been wrapped up that i think we've uh 
Yeah, you know? no, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. So. I hate to do it, but me and you both have been talking about it all. Um, <laughs> and it talked another couple hours tonight on it. So it's very important. Yeah, so Thank maybe we'll come back next week. Maybe we'll win that game. Maybe we'll be able to hold our heads up high and be proud if we can find something fun and, uh, you know, snazzy to talk about that's not Razorback related. But I just don't think it's warranted this week. I think it's uh, best to focus all of our attention towards the Razorbacks, and I think we've done a good job of that. I think so, too. Woo Pig Suey. Go Hogs.